We are good. Everything's live. Perfect. We watched our Trump episode or Trump clip a little bit. Yeah, we set the <laughs> stage, right? To to acknowledge that neither of us are even remotely narcissists. Yeah, not at all. Right, not even a little bit. That's why I Incredibly don't Incredibly humble. That's why I don't have a, you know, giant poster twice of my face on it or my logo's not my giant face everywhere. That would be ridiculous. Be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. 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 So uh, anyway, I'm a little high. You had yeah. a good segue earlier for that. I did. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I felt like given the because I'm a uh, connoisseur, the, the many many ways you've blessed this comedy community with this podcast with just your presence. I didn't want to show up empty-handed. Okay. So I'm bringing you some smoky treats. So oh. we're starting off with a sativa pre-roll, uh, the old pink pineapple. Nice. So there's that for you. Thank you very much. Out there. Nice. Um, and then, because it, somebody, you know, we don't know when this will air, but yeah. if it airs on Tuesday. It is Wednesday, my dudes. We all like a good two for Tuesday. Yeah. So this is two icy rolls, which are ice water hash infused. Oh, shit. So this this seems like it might be a nice little spanking for your brain. Nice. Well, thank you, man. You're welcome. Now. There's, there, but wait, there's more. <laughs> so I, I, I wanted to live on yeah. after this podcast, and so I thought, well, what better way than to bring a limited addiction addiction? <laughs> there's a Freudian slip. <laughs> limited addiction. Yeah, I'm not yeah, they're fully, all limited. I'm not yeah. a full blown addict. I just have a limited addiction. Um, this is a not even close <gasps> to mint in the box. Uh, Mr. Orange from fucking Reservoir Dogs. Holy shit. And it comes with his police badge, his 45, and his sunglasses are in the box somewhere. They've just fallen to the bottom. Okay, I gotta grab something real quick just so it goes with it. Because like you're gonna see how much of a fan I am of Quentin Tarantino in that. Oh, the, the, the 50, 15th anniversary. Yeah, and it's an actual uh, kerosene. It's a oh my can. god, it is. It's the gas can. If you pull it off, like pull it up, like lift the tab up on the top. Oh it my has a, gosh! Has a book of matches, and that's the DVD. They oh. did. They went all out for that. Man, you know, I. So I was like, we gotta show it together. Back when I was, back when I was a, uh, I mean, this is insane. Yeah, isn't that cool? I was like, those those two things will be framed, but put together. Back back when I was a smoker, I uh, went on went online and downloaded a. Someone had made a red apple cigarettes cutout. Yeah, that you could like make as a case to put your cigarettes in yeah so like i had a i would smoke american spirits because i'm bougie yeah but i had a uh i had them in a red apple cigarette pack and i nice I felt like the coolest guy in the world yeah you know? i love like i don't i used to collect dvds like i used to have a huge collection and then i sold it all off but i kept a lot of the like the, the really cool ones yeah absolutely that's definitely a keeper and then i felt like this just really screamed uh <laughs> Rafi uh, Allen Energy. Nice. Jared Rafi Allen Energy. So this is the uh, World Domination Edition <laughs> Stewie doll. Thank you, man. Welcome, man. Dude, you brought so many gifts. Well, Thank I, you ever this has really just helped me help me. I love the mom tattoo. Yeah, he's got a little mom tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to go on the couch with all the other stuff. Mommy. We mommy, just, we mommy. just, we have, so I have a collection of the couch on the, of pillows. We have Sting, of course. Yes. We have uh, <laughs> Cartman as the coon. From South Park. Oh, right. Uh, and then the newest edition is we have the smiley face taco. 
mostly because he's just he's very soft. So so happy. Yeah, and like it feels touchable. It's very like it's very um I don't know therapeutic almost that right. pillow. Yeah, if we get into like really vulnerable emotional territory, yeah. we'll I'll bust that out. Well, yeah, and if you want to go ahead and add him to the pile. Oh, 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 we dropped Stewie. Stewie down. Fucking Brian did it. We've got a Stewie down. This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by your favorite mobile banking app such as Cash App. Man, I love using Cash App, especially when I'm doing things other than buying drugs. Cash App. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of Unloading Meat. Man, you're going to love this next guest. Not, I think I finally found somebody that can match me in the glasses department, in the Epic Glasses department. I try. We're going to try. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, Ladies good. and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, Jeff Thompson. What's up, everybody? I said Thompson, right? Right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm horrible with names. I always have to go over that like four times. In my head is like, is it Thompson? Timson? Thompson? Timson? Yeah, I, I mess up intentionally. I, don't I know, know that there's some people that say Thompson when, and they're just they're dead to me. <laughs> they need to be off the planet. Yeah. Do they mispronounce thumb? Yeah, tum. Yeah, and then somebody hands up an antacid, and so it's, it's a whole confusing <laughs> situation. Uh, fucking antacids are yes ands. Yes and exactly. Yeah. Yes. You never knew it. Yeah, the improv, the improv of me- medicine. <laughs> I'm more of a rolling man myself. I was, I'm, I go back with way back with Zantac. Ooh, and then I take my Prilosec every morning for, as a preventative. Is it the OTC? It's a yeah, the OTC. It's like a condom for the tummy. <laughs> it's like oh man, I take my Mucinix and I get the DM. I get the one that's in the advertisement. Oh yeah, the Mucinix DM, and they're yeah. like, it's never sending me private messages. How come? Yeah, I know. <sighs> I even get on Twitter and I, I have you ever followed some of those? Like every company has a Twitter or an X at this point, but yes. you know, it's, this comes out like two months. It'll probably be Y by that point. Elon's yeah. going to lose the, tro- the trademark or something. How did, how the fuck did Stakem become this? Like, have you seen any of the yeah. Stakem? I follow Stakem. It's insane. Like it, who, I want to meet the person that's doing their Twitter. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's hilarious. Blowing. It's, and it's so out of context. Yeah. It's like the last place you'd ever expect wisdom to be coming from. <laughs> Like, it's the fucking like Stakem's X account. Yeah, pit, pit, it's a fucking Twitter account. Pithy discussion topics from a from a uh, frozen slabs of beef. Yeah, it's like uh, back in the day when they, or I think they still do it, like the Arby's Twitter account. Whenever they do like the different like foldings of the Arby's like wrappers into like famous shapes and stuff like that, and that would be their things. I never like, saw any of those. Um, it'd be like if they were doing like if they're the wrestling had one, they would do like an Arby's wrapper and they wrap it into like a wrestling championship belt and then stuff like that. And it'd be like really articulate. Somebody was hired by Arby's right. to make Arby's art really articulated and intricate art. We're gonna show this. Uh let's see. Some of the stuff sort was of sandwich wrapper origami situation. Pretty much. Yeah. So they've done several apparently. Um and oh, these are good. These are the these, these are AEW ones. I'm a fan of it, wrestling. Okay. Um, I saw that. I, I figured that out. They did three for AEW, and they used the fries as the hair and stuff. Oh, my gosh. Like, somebody's yeah. job is just to do this. That's impressive. And I, I will I will give it to them. <laughs> it's just like, and I'll put it up in frame and stuff. But, like, yeah, that's just all they do is they do stuff like that, and they'll do it with the rappers and, like, whatever promotional thing they want to do with a tie-in. Right. Hire that guy, and he'll make a Arby's rapper thing out of it. I love it. Yeah. I love it, man. It's like, you know... 
I love it and I hate it. Here's why I hate it. Because it's this whole idea of like, corporations can have an adorable personality. Yep. You know, thanks to Citizens United, now twi- <laughs> now now your favorite corporation can talk to you on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's disgusting. Yeah. But I'm also like this is one of those this is one of those like very layered conversations, but like once you realize that you're in the soup, yeah. you might you might as well just be bacon, you know? Like yeah. it's like I'm I'm in the soup. I'm not it's not like I'm going to go live in the woods and eat tree bark and be a vegan. Yeah. So like so I'm I'm participating in this consumer system. Yeah. So I might as well have a sense of humor about it. I might as well be real about it. Yeah. You know. It's like you can wake up you wake up one day, I mean this is growing up and you kind of just start you can see the matrix basically. Yeah. Uh, and like it's just how you navigate that. Like you can play along with it, but it's like you know, most of us most of the time when we talk about comedians here, it's like People will come to our shows because they just want to see our point of view. Like, here's what, how we view the world. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah. And is it kind of humorous to you? Yeah, exactly. And that's it. Yeah. And I think the more that we look at it, we can either go two routes. We can either be jaded by it and run away from it. Right, right. Kind of fear route. Right. Or we can kind of embrace it and poke fun at it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of our jobs. Is 100%. We need to be that place that's like, this is bullshit. Like this is funny, right? Like you guys yes. realize how stupid this is, right? Yeah, you can, and you can, you can do like you know, Bill Hicks is sort of my like paragon of yeah. comedy, and like he, 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 he held up the mirror to society, yeah. and he got people to think about stuff that they weren't thinking about. Yeah, um, and I found him at a time when I was kind of awakening to the matrix of my own, like you know, and now where I'm at with it is, it's like, yeah, I realize I'm in a prison cell, but guess what? The warden lets me decorate it, so, yeah. so it's okay. I can bring in contraband, you know. Yeah. Which like I mean it's like I'm not gonna go on here and be like man I fucking hate all these big corporations and stuff like that as I look at my only fucking figures of fucking yeah it's <laughs> the Disney Empire the Hasbro Empire that has a whole company there's yeah. a, there you either embrace you either accept that there's going to be layers of hypocrisy yeah. to every stance that you're gonna take or you just end up not ever taking a stance yeah. Uh, this you know who Abby Hoffman is heard the name yeah sixties uh kind of a. Uh, wait, wait, wait! I, um, 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 the Chicago, um, uh, seven yeah. or uh, the, uh, what was it? The well, there was. I think he there was, was a Netflix a, show about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, uh, he was part of the Yippie movement. Okay. And he, uh, there's a movie, a documentary about him. Uh, well, that was actually a, a, what do you call it? Fictional bi, like fictional biopic. What biopic. A, yeah, yeah. One, one of the, like the, the trial of the Chicago Seven or whatever. One of the, like that one, uh, that's the more recent one that yeah. came out, and that was Aaron Sorkin, and that was wonderful. Yeah, that's but what this I'm was. Forget, yeah. This was I saw it at the Seattle Art Museum years ago, and it was I just randomly was at the art museum that day, and they were showing it. And Donal Logue, who's an actor that I really like, yeah. is in a movie called Dow Steve. Have you seen that? I haven't seen Dow Steve, but I know Donal. But Dow Steve is like is, terriers. Dow Steve is per- perfect because it's like. Uh, it's the it's the how do fat guys get laid? Basically, uh, it's like the stairway to heaven of that of that genre. If there if that is a genre, add it to the list. Yeah, Dallas Steve. <laughs> but anyway, start he, taking notes. So I'm a fan of him. He's also the guy that gets his arm chopped off in Blade. That's one of the henchmen. Yep. So anyway, Donald's uh, in the movie plays Abby Hoffman's friend friend, and he talks about how um, that. Or actually, the character that he, he, the real guy that he played was there as well. And the guy was talking about how in the in the age of liberalism, we have this paralysis where we're overthinking. Like the the hippies were misguided, but they at least took a stance. Yeah, you know, and like we're so like afraid of like stepping on toes that it becomes a sort of crippling holding little, pattern. Yeah, 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 a holding pattern exactly. Yeah, yeah uh, agree. Um, it's kind of like you know, 
I mean, people have their own views about you know the 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 pandemic, COVID. You know, I'm not even going to get into that political shit on that shit. There. Right, right. But like a lot of communities, like Bert or Tom Segura and stuff like that, were talking about how like when they're trying to get back on the road, they would go to the the conservative states because that was the one the ones that were like ready to be laughing and have exactly. more fun. Yeah, and they were even if we do it on a field or Bert did his like open like theater tour, like right. only conservative states were allowing them to even do that because they were just ready to have fun and like give some entertainment out exactly. and get it going. And you know that's what had to open that back up. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a whole like uh, multi layered cake yeah. of irony that you'd have to like really you know unpack. Like how how is it that the conservatives became the first ones to be able to laugh about stuff? You yeah, know? it's 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 crazy. Yeah, they call everybody snowflakes. Yeah, uh, but it's it's literally like I kind of love how you say multi layered cake because. As we get older, older, it becomes more and more apparent that nothing is black and white. Nothing is a yes and no answer. Nothing right. is just, we do this, magically solved. Everything has consequences. Yeah. Everything has multiple layers to it. And nothing is just as easy as just fixing it by one problem. That's right. And everything is going to take some, you know, you know some compromises. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Nothing's going to be perfect. Yeah, and and it's you know that's why it's so interesting that we have these leaders that we that people like people want to like get shirts printed up and like be on like Team yeah. Biden or Team Trump or whatever because it's like you know the it's sort of like asking somebody who your favorite character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is right yeah as soon as you answer that question you're gonna come up with seven more characters that you're gonna be like man I can't believe I didn't even think about Black Panther or yeah. I can't believe I didn't think about oh and now look I'm the guy that didn't think about Black Panther yeah so now it's because I'm white and it's you know there's this whole racist thing like yeah. there's so many layers and we're like I think all of us are confined in 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 these little bit of little bitty ways and I think that's one of the reasons I'm so glad I got into comedy even though I waited till very late in life to do it is that it's really helped me kind of overcome my own, uh, like, oh, what if I offend somebody? Or yeah. what if I say the wrong thing? Like, yeah, that, guess what? That's probably going to happen. Yeah. Today, right now. Like, yeah, no matter what, something's going to happen. Countdown. Yep. As soon as this episode goes out, they're going to be, oh, shit, two guys with glasses? Fuck. Right, exactly. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's not Drew Carey? It's a, it's a white guy with glasses cabal. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You brought up uh, MCU character. Pick your favorite MCU character. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how we are with politicians and stuff like that now is where like we go by the brands yes uh you have to build a brand you have to build a gimmick you have to build a character it's like yeah you have to bring bring up who's your favorite mcu character okay ask your parents who thor is tell me a little bit about thor describe him yes blonde dude hammer lightning possibly yeah yeah it's kind of the way trump built his brand totally this thing this thing wall like yep. it's basic it's like just like you know Anybody would be able to know, describe that in just a small thing. Yeah. And that's what it came down to. And that's what these things are doing is they're building these brands. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what everybody gravitates to. Yeah. It's it, it's interesting to think about that idea as because I, as I started my own business, I've been thinking about the idea of brand identity yeah. and like what all that means. And and I've been trying to be transparent about it. I've been doing mm -hmm. I've been going live on Facebook and talking about it and trying to just be transparent about the fact that you know when you when you choose a brand to represent something like I you and I talked briefly about unloading meat yeah. right and the idea is that it's like I love that ambiguity man. yeah and so yeah that's same why thing with pulp with pulp fiction yeah what happens to Mr. Pink you 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 can hear a hundred different interpretations res, res, of reservoir dogs reservoir dogs yep. yeah thank you yeah yeah I uh, I actually me and my friend Brad uh on a on a cannabis fueled evening 
one night kind of wrote a uh, sequel, like what basically what happens with Mr. Pink and the Diamonds and kind nice. of like taking it into the so like the whole idea. I mean, I think that'd be a fu fun movie to do. I, I know Tarantino would never do it, but it'd be cool to see somebody else do it kind yeah. of as like a an indie like low to the ground project you, or something. You want to know why twist to it? What's that? Um, what's his name? Um, I'm forgetting the name of the the, the one that shot what uh, Mr. Um, uh, Harvey Keitel. No, 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 no. Um, Timothy Tim Roth's character. Um, uh, Mr. Orange. Mr. Orange. Yeah, the guy uh, that's yeah, on. Yes, yeah. yes. The, oh, why I forgot that. Yeah, the guy that's training him to be undercover, the black dude. Yeah. Yes. What if he's the one that was tipping him off or in on it? Wow. From the start. What? Yeah. What if he got implanted with Joe's crew? Specifically, that's interesting. I always thought that because that character was so dynamic and yeah. was in that one scene, and then you never hear about him again, and he's never you, attached to anything you else. Got to be naturalistic as yeah. hell. Yeah. yeah. Um. That's that character always stood out to me as like that character has something more. There was something I more. I want to watch that. I want to watch that again from that from that lens. Yeah. I wonder if there's any tells or giveaways. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. Same thing with like um, I love the, the ambiguity, ambiguity of they never explain what's in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Right, just the gold glow. Have you heard the rock and roll theory? Uh. -uh. Oh, this is so there. So someone's theory is that it's the soul of rock and roll, and uh, white uh, the black man is stealing it back from the white man. Holy shit! So 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 uh, so Butch represents the rockabilly era, right? Marsalis represents the R&B era, kind of reclaiming the soul of rock and roll yeah. from the white man that stole it. And then you've got uh, Vincent Vega with the sideburns and and his, like, the Elvis. He, are you an Elvis man or a Beatles man? Remember, she asked him that question. Yep. So, like, and so there's this whole thread. And then you've got the British Invasion, Tim Roth's character, yep. Honey Bunny. Yep. So... It, that's fucking cool it's a cool again just like unloading meat it's a cool overlay yeah and and i think that movies that give you that kind of room to 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 bring your own interpretation i think that's that's true art yeah yeah there's, there's this concept that i learned a long time ago called the objective correlative and it's an artistic idea of if 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 you have a true intention and you create a piece of art and then someone interprets that art and and aligns with your exact intention that's the objective correlative, cor cor correlative or correlative. I don't know how you pronounce it, but um, and, and I kind of think it's cooler when that doesn't happen. Okay, so when they say it, they see it from a different point of view. They see yeah, it they're different. Gonna, you didn't. The original creator didn't see. Yeah, well, and or, and you know, as an artist yourself, yeah. you don't always know what the intent is behind something. No, you know, um, it's kind of why <sighs> I have tons of punchlines with no jokes. I just think like this whole idea of Amish coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. I, that just is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> I can't figure out like how to build it, build it to where it ends in something. Yeah. But I, but I get, I get those types of like just things that are funny to me, yeah. and I don't really know why. But I want to like explore that. You yeah. Know? Um. Same thing with my notes. Like I have my notebook for my my stand up. Yeah. That I write when I set that day, but. I'm a big fan of like Google Notes. I'm an Android guy. Yeah, yeah. So like, as I'm going through the car and I hear, I think of something funny. It's just a random note of just constant. Yes. Just adding these. Yeah, I got that too. And then all I do is like, when I'm doing like a set, I'll be like, okay, well, I have like three things about dogs somewhere, and I'll just type in dog, and then I start working on segways. Oh yeah, that's smart. And that's just what I do to build a set sometimes. Um, but <laughs> getting back to Pulp Fiction and stuff, 
there is a bit I'm working on, and I haven't worked on it all the way, but I'm kind of ending my stuff with it. Uh-huh. I did it at Baby Roos. We're talking about Quentin Tarantino universe. Yeah. Marcellus Wallace, stuff like that. And we talked about Arby's also. It's kind of coincidental. You know who does the Arby's We Have the Meats voice? It's Ving Rhames. Oh, you're kidding me. Now, picture him saying, Arby's, we have the meats. Yes. And then think about that scene in Pulp Fiction where he, he's getting raped. Oh, wow. Yeah. Zed's dead, baby. Yeah. And so when I did it the first time, I didn't even mention that scene. I, I kind of just hinted at it. So as I did it, and people caught it. Right, right. Because most people don't really know Vin, Ving Rhames is like, you know, <laughs> is like a, what is it called? Filmography. They yeah, may yeah. know like Mission Impossible, but most people know him as Pulp Fiction dude, the dude yeah, that was yeah. like the, the gimp suit and all that stuff. That's what he's famous for. Yes. Um. So when I say it's Ving Rhames, you know, the dude from Pulp Fiction. Now imagine him saying, "We have the meats," and I just leave it there, and you hear all the audience go, "Oh," mm. and it's just a groan, and I'm yes. like, as everyone collectively kind of yeah. gets it. Yeah. That's the problem with playing a cannabis festival. You got to add an extra 30 yep. seconds in there for everybody to get it. So by the time you've moved on to the next joke, they're just getting the last yep. one. You got to really slow it down. That's how I felt whenever I do open mic at Sesh. Everybody's yes. getting really high. And so yeah. you just got to slow the fuck down. Yeah. You know who's a master at that is Dakota. Yes. Dakota just lets things breathe, yep. man. I've, I, I, I watched him. It's, uh, I've got the recording of that whole set. And uh, I haven't asked his permission yet to put it, put it out. So I edited it out. But um, oh, I forgot I did this. I, this is one of my little comfort things is I, nice. com- I comb my my goatee. My my current uh, aesthetic is kind of a skater Colonel Sanders. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Dakota just he ha- he w- he was eating cheese balls out of a, like a popcorn sack. Yeah, and like kind of counting them as he went, and it was somehow engaging. It was yeah. like people were like kind of into it. It was really he's. Uh, he's he's somebody like uh, Norm Macdonald, who you can tell if nobody was in the room, he'd still probably be having just as much fun. Yeah, like he's doing comedy. Yeah, and, and they have that built-in charisma. Like, yeah. it's just something about them that it's just like it's electric that just draws you in the room. Yeah, I've been I've been drawn to him like my ancestors were drawn to his land. <laughs> sort of alluring. I'm, I'm rewatching Reservation Dogs right now. Uh, another oh, thing that's so uh, Re- Reservoir Dogs, uh, you know, you yeah. know, inspired them. Yeah, the 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 black suits. Yeah, that whole uh, man. Which honestly, I'm rewatching it for the third time because I, I haven't got the season three yet. Yeah. Um. Like basically, how I work with my my uh, subscriptions is like as I get a show, I'll subscribe to Hulu, watch that season, and then when that season ends, I'll cancel Hulu Good to Max, and I kind of revolve yeah, yeah, it yeah. like that. Yeah. That's. If you could schedule it the right way or, or be patient, yeah, because you know, th- there's always spoilers out there in the universe, and yeah. so you got to be like, Oh, they're talking about reservation dogs, I need to not listen, yeah. And then sometimes, like, there's things like you know, the Disney Hulu where you can get the bundle and it's just all together, like yeah, you yeah. know, Star Wars, I can watch weekly because I have Disney Plus just built in, right? But like, I'll, I'll cycle through like Hulu or Max or Netflix, or like that, for depending on the shows that are coming out, yeah, um, just to save money, yeah. And uh, so I was waiting to get hulu until season three was really getting going so i just now got it i'm watching season one and two again but it was really dawning on me you know the first episode of that pilot they have them in the reservation the reservoir dogs black suits yeah yeah and it's like the homage and you see the poster on bear's wall and stuff like that but it really doesn't dawn on you until season two why they had those suits originally it's because their friend daniel died and that's the suits that they bought for the funeral right and they're all wearing those suits at the funeral and that's where they got the suits 
Right. It, and it, yeah, so it looks like they're up to shenanigans, but really it's their grief. It's like and it's like a, it's a physical embodiment of their grief. Yes. That they're, that they're that's in, that's been now fused to their identity. Yeah. And so like when they started that res dogs in the very first episode, they get called the reservation dogs like that because they're wearing the suits yeah. for Daniel and secretly. And you don't even know who Daniel is or anything like that. Right. And like th- that shows a masterclass to just pull back the layers of the onion and just more and more and more. Yeah, yeah. Um, great, love it. Great pacing and great reveal, and like, um, and the characters are also compelling. And yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. It's it's meaningful. Um, the episode I got to last night, I rewatched, was the one where um, Daniel's mom's in prison. Right. And we were talking earlier about how um, keeping it kind of don't um, treat the audience as an idiot, kind of well. Don't have to write in every single thing. You can leave some yeah, things yeah. morally ambiguous, or you know, just. You don't have to, you know, write in every single thing. Yeah. They never tell you why she's in jail. Right. If you really do the digging, they never even mention why she's in prison or anything. You just know that she had a fight with the husband and then Daniel died. Right. And then somewhere in that year or so left, she's in prison now. Right. But they show you, like, going her going through the motions of, uh, of rolling a, c- a paper cigarette and mm-hmm. smoking a fake cigarette because she's like, it helps with stress. And then they say that she looks healthy now in the passing. And so you can kind of put the pieces together, like, maybe it was a drug problem. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. they don't say it. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of like that, where it's like, it's not really just hammering it over your head, like, hey, she's a drug addict. Right. Because then it, you bring in your own predispositions to it. Somebody pointed out, and I agree, that uh, another really good example of that universe building that isn't, that that's more um, implicit than explicit yeah. is with the... Road Warrior remake, the Mad Max remake. Yeah, I mean all of that mythology uh, that you see. Oh, clearly Valhalla. Like they've 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 taken some Norse mythology and they've 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 built this sort of you know car hot rod infused you know layer into it. Yeah, but they don't explain it yep. to you. And and like the tumors, like you don't really know where the tumors are coming from. But but so and and I really saw like that compared to like how Lucas. George Lucas with the prequels felt like he needed to like tie up every little thread in a bow. I'm like, man, leave some shit ambiguous. Yeah. People give people a little bit of credit. And then it it kind of it was overkill in the sense of like it was, you know, it's better to show not tell. Yes. And the elevator scene of Attack of the Clones, the opening where Anakin and Obi-Wan are like yeah. you first meet Anakin as grown up basically again. Yeah. He's like teenage Anakin. And it's like two minutes of them in an elevator, and it's like him, like them recounting all the great battles where they saved each other or whatever. On, and it's like, I haven't felt you this tense since, since we fell into that nest of gum dogs. <laughs> you fell into that nightmare, Master, and I rescued you. Remember? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, it's just been kind of cool to see like a montage of just that. Right, right. Could you just show us that? Yeah, like, yeah. I would like to see that. And then it's kind of just like, oh, we want to go. Yeah, maybe. Or I don't remember what he says, but he's like quirky. It's like well, it's like the line, "Sand is coarse and it gets everywhere." Yeah, like then you could have shown that way, way cooler than telling it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anakin comes off super creepy in, in episode two. I just rewatched well, that again with my my six year old or my seven year old, and it makes his it makes his. Uh, I didn't never think of this till just now. It makes his murder of the sand people almost seem racist. It's like you have <laughs> you have you have sand in your name, and I fucking hate sand, so I'm gonna kill you guys. <laughs> It, yeah, yeah, yeah. You killed my mother. That's that's a, a vengeance thing. But really, it's because you have sand in your name. Do you think he killed the dogs? He didn't mention them. He didn't. Yeah. He's like he was supposedly like even the women. Those and, dogs the are children. creepy as fuck. Those I dogs probably, are nasty. I would have probably killed them. Yeah. 
when when the Mandalorian was able to like get one to roll over on its belly, I was yeah. like, okay, kind of cute, but still, he's wearing Beskar, so like I would feel a lot safer approaching a Rottweiler if I was wearing Beskar armor, you know. Yeah. Um, leave it to Dave Filoni to basically be like, everything George Lucas did to rush through the prequels, I'm going to expand and try to fix. Like, even the yeah. Tuscan Raiders where Anakin just murders them all. He's like, we're going to spend like four episodes of fucking Boba Fett's journey where we just reintroduce the Tuscan Raiders. Like, maybe they were okay. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, and, and I think that's the other thing that he's doing is he's take he's he's telling, you know, I, I think he's doing what Lucas started off doing, which was taking these great Kurosawa films and, you know, these great Westerns that were based on Kurosawa yeah. films and, like, telling these larger heroic themes. You know, the 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 Mandalorian is essentially lone wolf and cub. Yeah, right? it is. I mean, it's, that, that's exactly yeah, what you're exactly is. right. But it's, but, but he, but he uses that opportunity to, like, cast the sand people in sort of indigenous light yeah. and to, and to, you know, you start to see it like you don't even have to see the empire to now see them cast as the technology evil giant yeah. uh, contrasted against the purity of this Their like, gentrification. Kind of, this yeah, this simple yeah, gentrification exactly. This yeah. like simple indigenous culture that got corrupted by slick, you know, right angles and Anakin hates sand and coarseness, so he would love the clean lines of the empire. Well, and then he says in that same speech, he's that, talking about somebody should make them. Yeah. Like you see, oh, fascism born right there. Yeah, well, it's like it's like one of the best lines in Phantom Menace, or one of the best scenes with young Jake Lloyd, is when he first gets on the ship, and he's all talking about like you know he doesn't like sand and stuff like that. They don't talk about how much he hates sand until episode two, really. Right. But in, even in episode one, he's young. He doesn't like the, the environment he's in, and then he gets on that ship. And he's like, it's cold. Cold. Yeah. And she gives him a blanket and stuff. Like that. And he's like, it's like realization of like, oh shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. kind of like that little part. Um, yeah, that is that's telling. Um. Are you watching Ahsoka? I am watching Ahsoka. Nerd spoiler warning. To me, to see live action Ahsoka for the first time was kind of cool. Yeah, well, exactly, and and I loved I loved the parallel. The you know George Lucas talks about how he likes when things rhyme. You yeah. know, like something references something else, and there's a there's a kind of poetic overlay. Yeah, I think that I think overlay is the word I'm going to overuse a lot in this <laughs> podcast. Um, overused overlays. Overused overlays. Of yeah. Check it. Underlaid. I, I'm lately. I've been very underlaid. Overused and underlaid. Yeah, I'm so underlaid, man. Um, but yeah, no, I love it. And when she, when she comes out of that experience of having been in the world between worlds with Anakin, and you can tell she's gone through a purification. Really, yeah, it's Gandalf. She's, she, her, yeah, exactly. She's Star it's, Wars Gandalf she, now. Yeah, she's Ahsoka the White. Yeah, and I and I love that because. She's, you know, she's been a like when she first showed up on the on the on the Mandalorian in live action. Yeah. I was pumped. Me too. Because like I was like, this is a character that has like, it's she's almost like, she's the best Star Wars hero we've ever had. I yeah. think, and and because she's not 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 white, she's female. So like it's like it, it checks a lot of diversity boxes. And yeah. I, and I hate to like even bring that part into the conversation yeah but i think it's important in that universe especially yeah and and you have to have somebody to relate to and for i mean people talk joke about it all the time like um fucking uh uh i'm gonna t steal his bit but blake dyer yeah, talks, yeah. He's, he's marrying a black woman and he talks about like, what are we gonna do role play for the star wars movie who's she gonna be fucking lando yeah exactly like, like there's no black people like well, it's like what have we here yeah yeah <laughs> so i love his i love his bit oh man but, uh but you know what i mean like it's like 
representation is very important unless you, for some reason, make a black stormtrooper and then fucking people lose their shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that stuff to me is like, you know, the whole Little Mermaid or the, remember when Fox News was talking about how Santa Claus is white, white, not yeah. black? I'm like, he's fictional. Yeah. He's fictional. He can be whatever you want him to be. Well, like my problem with the Little Mermaid was like I didn't care anything about that. I thought she had a great voice, but that first trailer, the CGI kind of looked like she had a unibrow. Yeah, I and like that was my that. whole thing. Is like when I saw like the whole thing, I was like, she looks great, and looks fantastic. But like right. that first like thumbnail kind of thing, it kind of had her brow like this, and people said she had like a, a, a unibrow. Like I kind of see what they're saying on Reddit, right? And it was just like that kind of that picture went viral, kind of part of it. Boy, I tell you what, digital being able to pause digital film yeah. really gave conspiracy theorists a lot of fodder, man. Yep. I'm telling you, man, that just like changed the game completely because yeah. they're like, now I can pause the scene and I can absolutely see the swastika yeah. in Annika's forehead when he wrinkles his head, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know. And it's like, you know, magic editing, man, we talk about it all the time. Like, um, you were even we were talking about back and forth of like the magic of writing and like, you know, less is more and like mm-hmm. um not knowing what all is going to be in the scene and stuff sometimes is I love going in a post and even doing this episode and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I tell people like it takes about a month or two before I put them out. Yeah. The reason being is I don't like to go in and edit like right after we get this done. Right. Because in my mind, if I do that and I've done it, I've rushed up episodes. Um, The Michael Patton episode mm-hmm. I had to do like that week because right. he came in and I was trying to promote the fresh faces for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, it lends to a shittier episode, in my opinion, because I'm in my head going, well, I got to remember that part, that part, and that part, because that was really funny. And so right. I go in predetermined to look for those parts, and it may not be the funniest part in, in hindsight, but I'm going and editing around that purposely. Whereas now, I try to go like one or two months away, yeah, completely fresh, don't remember a single fucking thing, and I go in like a fresh audience, and I'm editing like that. I've never regretted sleeping on something. Yeah. You know, like letting something breathe. Yeah. Like the, the the hastily written email that you send, and then you're like, if I'd have just waited a day, yep. there would have been so much more information that I would have had at my disposal. That was the best advice I'd ever gotten from a former manager when I worked at cell phones. They were like, if you're going to send an email to a supervisor or anything like that, pre-type it, save it in your drafts, go to bed, wait for a day or something, and then go back. And if you really want to send it, yeah, reread it and go yeah. and send it the next day. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. that helped me so much. Uh, haste of uh, what, what? There's a there's a line in um, some recovery literature that talks about restraint of tongue and pen. You know, and I and you know that's I, I I'm an impulsive person. Yeah. I get my mouth gets me in trouble, but in certain settings. I think a little self censorship is is a good thing. Yeah. You know, like in the professional setting, of yeah. course, if your if your bread and butter is is tied to your reputation at work, then yeah, maybe maybe hit pause on that sending that email. Yeah. Until you have a chance to cool, calm down a little bit. Well, it's like anything in life, moderation. Yeah. Everything should be moderate moderated, and it's like nothing should be in excess. Um, you know, obviously. <laughs> no, it's, same same. I don't know if, if you're. I don't know if you know this. I had the uh, bariatric surgery. I've wanted to get it. Yeah, um, I I, my insurance doesn't qualify. So same actually, here. I, I thought about to go going Mexico. to Mexico. I did it. So, so here's the here's the story. I was thinking about doing it. I, I tried to get approved three times to get it done. Actually, there's a place in Bartlesville, yep. the, the the Bailey Center. I tried Bartlesville and Owasso. I've tried twice. I'm about failed. But same here. Yeah. And so I was like, fuck it. And then I started looking at how much it was in Mexico. And then everybody's like laying all this like taboo stuff on me. And I'm like, you know, all that smacks of a lot of racism. But yeah. okay. Um, and so then I like started doing my own research and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. And so I was getting some tattoos from the guy that does my tattoos is also my Bible study leader, yeah. which is kind of an interesting 
duality. And he's, uh, I was just saying, hey, man, I'm thinking of going to Mexico to get that surgery. And he goes, if you go, I'll go with you. And I was like, if you're serious, I'll book it right now. And he's like, yeah, I'm serious. So shout out, Eddie. Thank you. Look, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I probably wouldn't have done it right then if yeah. he hadn't said that. And so, yeah, I booked it. And within three months, I was on my way to Mexico to get the surgery. And I'm down a total of 143 pounds. Damn, congrats, man. Yeah. How long ago was that? So I got the surgery in March, but I was, uh, but I had lost 80 pounds in 2022 after I got COVID, yeah. which almost killed me. And so, but I put on, I lost 80 and then put 40 of it back on around the holidays. And yeah. I was like, that's when I was like, fuck this, man. This yo-yo thing is just, is so frustrating. And yeah, because so, that's what I'm currently going through. Because I, I lost over, I lost 73 pounds uh, from November 2022 until January of, no, 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 no. November 2020, uh, 2021. Yeah. I can't remember the fucking dates. Anyway, I basically lost 73 pounds in a year. The dates and it was when I launched this podcast. Yeah, January I got into a car wreck, got two bulge discs, and now I have partial paralysis in my right arm and stuff down too. Um, so that slows down your mobility. Slows so down my mobility. Exercise. Yeah. I fucking lo- I gained twenty more back just yeah. instantly, just it's sitting on the couch like yep. that, and like now it's just like fuck, like, I can't do shit. I can't even weed eat right now. I can't right. mow my lawn. I can't if I push or pull on my arm, whole arm goes to sleep. Really? Yeah, that's just how I am right now, and I'm constantly. It feels. So, like, the best description of it is, uh, you ever seen, like, a mother cat, like, pick up another baby cat by the yeah, neck? Yeah, yeah. It feels like somebody's clamped me like that, constantly like that. Oh, wow. And if I do too much with his arm, it'll just go to sleep. That's nuts, man. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. That so, does like, suck. I'm that's sorry what, that you're going through that. Eh. It, 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 that started, like I said, January 31st, I got in the car wreck, and I launched this podcast in February. Put out the first episode in February, the week after that. Yeah. And so, that was just the start of my comedy thing. It was like, I just, like, I keep going. Well, man, I will make the same commitment to you that Eddie made to me. If you okay. decide you're going to go to that sur- go get that surgery in Mexico, and you want somebody to go with you, yeah. I'll be your guy. Dude, let's do it. All right. Um, ballpark. What was the figure you did? So I I was about five k, okay. and then I and then I spent another probably a thousand on travel because I bought Eddie's ticket. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I was about six k out the door. Okay. Um. And my um uh my mom had passed away. My dad's uh widow. She was technically my stepmom. Um, and when she passed away, I got some inheritance money from that. And so I was able to use that money to do yeah. that. But yeah, I mean, uh, save my life. I'm confident. I'm confident because I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I see all the benefits. I mean, there's, there's a girl on chat too right now on uh, Tinder that, that had it had recently and she's lost like a hundred pounds. And like, yeah. I'm like, I see all the benefits. I want it. Yeah. It's just, it's more that like that rejection sucks of going through like the, cause it makes you go through the fucking, all the preliminaries. You got to sit through the fucking, uh, what's it called? The little guided tour thing. Or the, yeah. Um, yeah. The what's it called? You have uh, to watch their little uh, seminar thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then just to get through all that hopes and dreams and all that how you go through and then get the rejection is like sucks. Yeah, it, it just it's horrible. Well, the process in Mexico is really cool. I'd be happy to walk you through the whole thing. Yeah, and have my experience of it. And then you know the other thing that I'll say is that um, I've heard some horror stories uh, from people that have like had the surgery and then there's like certain foods that they can't eat. I've had none of that. I almost feel guilty because like my experience has been so great. I had a, you know, I stopped at Happy Burger on the way up here and had a burger and I just take the top bun off and I can eat, I I can eat a single patty burger, almost 75% of it. And then I'm full. Nice. You know? And so it's like, I fucking eat whatever I want and, and I'm still losing, I'm losing weight like at a much slower rate, but I think that's even better. Yeah. And then I started going to the gym and I'm hitting the weights. And so you know, it's a slow process, but like once once you start seeing like that steady progress, I had this interesting thought. I was joking because I took this crazy weird hiatus after I got back from the surgery yeah. from comedy, and I was like, they cut the funny part of my stomach out. 
And I was always kind of joking about it, but then I started learning about the enteric nervous system and, and like, like a major physiological change like that yeah. can absolutely change your emotional makeup. And then I realized, oh, guess what else? I don't hate myself anymore. And so like, what's motivating me to seek the approval of a room full of strangers? You yeah. know, like, so I had to find a new reason to try to do comedy that yeah. wasn't based on like filling a void, but rather just entertaining people and yeah. ha me having a good time. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it'll be so much of a stretch for me. Like, you know, when you say like certain foods you couldn't eat and stuff like that, because like I have my gallbladder out. It's um, the opposite of a stretch. <laughs> I have an express lane now on that already. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the gallbladder's been out for like almost 11 years now or something like mm. that. For so, like, you know, I'm used to that. There's certain things I can't already eat. I can't eat pepperoni or like sausage, stuff like that, very much. Or right. like even marinara sauce will tear me the fuck up. Really? I am, it makes me so sick. Um, I don't drink soda. I, yeah. I, I cut soda out like almost two years ago. That, like, that'll I'll, make a huge difference. Yeah. I, know, I know people, some people that have just like cut out soda and just yeah. like lost. 50 pounds like that. that that's what basically what's like when I lost my 73 pounds or whatever, I didn't really work out or anything. It was just I cut out soda and like I'll drink a zero sugar monster like once every couple of days. Yeah. That's my caffeine. Yeah. I don't drink coffee. Yeah. Um, you don't like it? I, I can't stand the taste of coffee. That's crazy. I cannot stand the taste of coffee. Even like coffee flavor candy, anything like a Jamocha really? shake at Arby's, anything. It's instant like, oh. It's I nasty. love coffee. And that's one of the things that changed the flavor after I got COVID bums me out but it's starting to come back to normal really yeah um even like going into a starbucks i'm like oh that smell is like overwhelming wow it's that bad it's like it's it's it, i could smell like the warmth of it and that's kind of thing but like mm -hmm. i'm the guy at starbucks i'm like what do you have that's not coffee and it's like i love the refreshers the refreshers there are great i'm gonna start saying that when people are asking me to find something positive to say about something yeah. that I, i'm gonna say i can smell the warmth of it yeah yeah, no matter what it is. I don't know. Just like I, I, I can see the benefits of it. Cause like, yeah, I, I like that. I like that phrase. Yeah, smell well, the warmth of it. Well, I mean, I went through, I went through two divorces. I've, I've said it before. I've uh, tried to take my life twice. I'm a two-time uh, failure of suicide. Uh, Roscoe coined that two times. I was like, I'm a two time survivor of suicide. He goes, Well, you're not really a survivor. You're more of a failure. And I was like, Yep, you're kind of right. Good. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> so, that's what you want to do with somebody that's suicidal yeah. is find a way to make them feel bad about even failing at suicide. So even one of my yeah. nameplates on the show says, like, my, when I put up my name, it says Jared Ralphie Allen, two times suicide failure. Suicide failure. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, like, I've been through that, got through therapy, and therapy really let me connect the dots of, like, you know, yeah. everything that happened. Uh, you know, sexual abuse, all still, that stuff. Are you still doing therapy? Not right now. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to see about getting back into it. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a daughter and a stepson. Okay. And then two grandkids from from my daughter. Yeah. I, I, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I was 18 when uh, her mom got knocked up. Um, and uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. And uh, first time we had sex. So I always have this image of my daughter Meg, like in the void, like prior to creation, like tapping her foot, like looking at her watch, like any minute now, I'm ready. And so, like, as soon as her mom and I had sex, she's like, here I come, Earth. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> and I was terrified, so unprepared, yeah. you know. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I love that you're honest about uh, that what you struggled with. I think that, you know, you, th you look at somebody like Robin Williams, everybody saw him as this, like, joyful person. He brought yeah. so much joy to other people. Yeah. And yet you just know he was so just, tortured, like, yeah. just tortured inside. Well, oh, go ahead. No, no, I'll remember it later. Okay. Uh, darkness. Just remind me about yeah. darkness. Uh, darkness. Darkness, everybody. Darkness. <laughs> one of my favorite bands, The yeah. Darkness. Uh, I believe in a thing I saw a girl sing that an octave higher recently. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That's one of my favorite bands. Like, I, could, I sing that at karaoke. 
Um, I I I can sing very high pitch. Wow. Um, so like karaoke, I'll sing like Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. I'll like you know I'll do I I always identify with like the background singers. Like Sherry more. Baby. Yeah. Wow, that's a high note, man. Uh, can you hit the high note? And since you've been gone, when this when she comes back in the verse and she goes, "Cause since you've been gone, oh God, I no, can breathe for I the first time. no, 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 no. Uh, that's fucking um 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 Kelly, Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson. Yeah, no, Girl. I can't hit that. I, um, uh, I'll do Deborah by Beck. Oh. I met you at JCPenney. I think a name tag is said Jenny. Thing goes wrong. Make us sound like a dying giraffe. What's a dying giraffe sound like? Okay. We have got to take this shit on the road, man. Yep. Some fucking falsetto, uh, falsetto bros. Falset yeah. bros. Falset bros. Falset bros. Yes. We could do it. Fat set bros. Yeah. Fat set bros. Of <laughs> Fat course. Fat set bros. Come on, man. With glasses. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm kind of mad that Drew Carey gave him the look. Yeah, I, fuck him. Yeah. He's, he's betrayed us. Drew Carey looks like a multiverse version of Drew Carey. Look, once like, you, once, <laughs> look, let's just make a pact right now. Yeah. We'll never do a game show. Yeah, we'll never get prices right. Or we, I mean, if show. we invent a game show, that's one thing. Yeah. But we'll never go on someone's game show as a way to get work. Odds are I'll probably be hosting something sponsored by Hasbro. <laughs> yeah, I can see that happening. Hasbro, sponsor me. Who Come on. Be my sponsor. This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by a famous game like Raid Shadow Legends. Raid Shadow Legends. I've never played it, but boy, if they sponsor this show, I might give it a try. Hopefully. It, it, it really depends, Stefano, on what the contract says, like how long I had to play it. I've heard good things. Have you heard good things? Eh, nobody cares about your opinion. Anyway, if you... uh are sick of these fake ads, make sure that you reach out to people like Raid Shadow Legends and uh, tell them to sponsor the show on Lonely Meat and they'll be replaced soon. Anyway, back to the show. I'm trying to think. Well, you're clean now. Who was your legit sponsor? That was a joke. Oh, yeah. That was a joke. No, that's good. My legit sponsor is this, uh, interestingly enough, this sponsor was picked out for me. I was like almost like an arranged marriage and normally I'm such a snob. I was like, there's no way I would let someone else make an des- yeah. important decision like that for me. But in this one situation, it worked out way better than anything I would have picked out for myself. Nice. Because I pretty much hate everybody in Oklahoma. Yeah. I'm better than all of them. And so it was really hard for me to find somebody. And I'm also so humble. <laughs> you know? It's just tough, man. I'm a, I'm a tough nut to crack. I'm thinking of that fucking some, the, the humble song from Lonely Island. I don't know if you've heard it. I don't know if I have. Uh, it's from uh, the pop star Never Stop Never Stop him movie. Oh yeah, have you yes. ever watched that movie? It's fucking great. No, it's like a it's like a send up of Justin Bieber, basically, yeah. right? Uh, have yeah. you ever watched it? Never stop, never stopping. No, please watch it. It okay. is one of the best mockumentary kind of movies you'll ever see. Have you seen Spinal Tap? Yes. I mean that's the that to yes. me is the standard. So when they like get lost it, when they get lost going to the oh stage. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Cleveland. <laughs> I say that anytime I'm lost. Yeah. Um, are you a wrestling fan? I I'm not okay. Um, I'm not against it. Like I don't, I'm not a wrestling anti fan. Do you know who Chris Jericho is? I do. Okay. Yeah. Chris Jericho also has a, a rock band named Fozzy. Oh, um, cool. Um, which had a number one hit. Uh, Judas was on the rock songs for a long, long time, and he had the number one song in America for a while. Really. Um, but anyway, like he loves Stone. Uh, he loves Spinal Tap. Yeah. And so like he'll add that shit, and like there's scenes where he gets lost. I gotta show you, but I'll see if you can get this. Like nobody told him to do this. He was just doing his own thing back in the day on WCW. So um, he's trying to recreate Goldberg's entrance with security, and they get lost on the way to the entrance ramp. They can't find the stage, just like Spinal Tap. They still have no idea where to go. 
His music's going to the crowd and everything. They went to catering. I didn't do my hair like that. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's like a fountain of hair. Does he say hello, Winston? He's uh, he's totally sending that scene up, man. And the announcers are just ad libbing. Like, what the fuck's going on? Wrong like, way, Jericho. And that's his generic music still going because WCW didn't pay for rights. So it's just generic even flow. <laughs> they got outside. Yeah. Yeah. This was like 1998 WCW. Hello, Winston. We talk about it a lot, but like, um, my favorite dramatic actors, I mean, fucking Robin Williams. When yes. comedians are cast in dramatic roles, it's, they do the best. They knock oh it out of the park. Oh my god! Yeah, like because you can tap into another level. Oh my or, god! Or what was the dark movie one where um, he's up and up and um, um, it never gets you know Pacino's in it. Um, what's the one? <sighs> Fucking god damn it! Something rain or cloud. Um, was it what dreams may come? No, it's, I'm thinking of that one. Uh, that was the one I was thinking. Beauty. That yeah. that film is gorgeous. Yeah, that's like like there's like an artsy movie. Um, Deconstructing Harry, Father's Day, Hamlet. Jack was fucking creepy. Oh. I love Birdcage. Yeah, he's brilliant. Everybody's brilliant in that movie. Oh, I fucking love fucking Birdcage. Hank Azaria. Oh, that's where I first. Like, that's where I first loved uh, Nathan Spartacus. Lane. Nathan, I, yes. I, I love Nathan Lane, but like where I really got to see him as like a standout in, in a major movie was like The Birdcage, where I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, that and line where Rob Williams goes, "No, I just never realized John Wayne walked like that because <laughs> he's dead on." Um, I'll find it. It's David. Yeah. It's a David Fincher Robin Williams movie. Okay, Insomnia. Insomnia, yeah. So it's like it takes place so far north that it never turns dark. Okay. So it's daylight all the time, and Pacino can't get any sleep, and so he's kind of like losing it a little bit. I haven't it's, seen it. It's I, really good. Okay. And 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 I like Robin David movies. And Robin Williams is a bad guy in it, and he's only in it for maybe a total of ten or fifteen minutes. Wow. Yeah. It, it, he's on the phone a little bit, I think. But you, but it's like it's it's a character a lot like in the Line of Fire that where you know he's taunting the the investigator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really good. You ever seen a uh, Death of Smoochie? Hell yeah! I've that's a Death great movie. Smoochie. That's a fantastic movie. That's, I mean that that's another underrated performance yep. from uh, Edward Norton too. Edward Norton, yeah, yeah, he's so good in that. Some people shit on him. They're like, I don't like him. Like, they've only seen him in select things, or like people. A lot of people that shit on Edward Norton only remember him as the MCU first insult, Incredible Hulk in this kind of like. Yeah, this, they haven't seen time. American History X. Then. Fight Club, Fight Club, Fight Club. He's 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 brilliant. Yeah. Well, American History X is kind of this weird movie where, like, in this, like, pop culture, it's kind of like we talked about with the liberals where they've gone too far a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like we can't even talk about or show that movie. We can't promote that movie because that's somehow racist. Even though it's like, right. watch that movie. It's, 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 it's certainly it's, not casting white supremacists in a, in a great light. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unlike some of our political, you know, um, never mind. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think uh, I know where you were going with that. Yeah, I'm not a proud boy. Um, <laughs> not, not, I'm a humble boy. Yeah. We're, we should start that. We could have our own little shirts. Humble yeah. boys. Humble boys. Yeah, yeah, we're so humble. Oh yeah, that's what, what I was going to show you. Once when um, the one thing I've heard about humility is it's the one spiritual principle that once you know you have it, you don't have it anymore. The whole song is "I'm humble." 
Okay, I need to see this. Just seeing the cast alone. Um, I think I'm about to blow your mind. Go ahead. You know who else is in this movie? Who? Imogen Poots. Yep. And you know who she is? The Armorer. Oh, in uh, Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's in the, um, She's his love interest. Oh, she's also in Green Room. Have you seen that? I haven't seen Green Room. Uh, you want to see Patrick Stewart as a neo-Nazi in Portland? <laughs> the head of a neo-Nazi murder gang? Don't I? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Green Room, check it out. You will not be disappointed. Unlike Patrick Swayze, at, you know Donnie Darko. I know what is that's that is. Uh, you want to hear my most embarrassing uh, celebrity moment? Go ahead. I followed fucking Richard Kelly into a bathroom at the director's cut uh, screening of uh, Donnie Darko in Seattle at the what Seattle the Film fuck? Festival. I, I saw him get up to leave to go to the bathroom, and I followed him to the bathroom, and I just said, "I love your work," and I was like, "I'm disgusting. <laughs> I fucking hate myself." <laughs> I later saw him at another Q&A and apologized for it. <laughs> I think that might be the intro clip. Oh, my God, man. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's it. That's my most embarrassing celebrity moment. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. But, I mean, I've got fucking Eddie. The, uh, I've got The Rabbit. Nice. And uh, The Numbers. Nice. Darko. That movie is like. I'm glad I, I didn't even know. I was just bringing up the references, man. I love yeah. that. I'm a reference kind of comic. I'm, a, I, you know, pop culture things just Same very individual. Yeah, yeah. Donnie Darko's replete with references, but that's what I was gonna say about Patrick Swayze is like that's Richard Kelly's thing is like bringing back the same thing Tarantino does, yeah. bringing back these actors that people have kind of forgotten about, yeah. and then and then showing reminding people how many, how strong their chops are. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I was getting that because um. Do you have you ever watched Better Call Saul? Yeah. Hell yeah. Michael Bikian. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Fucking everybody knows him as comedy and stuff, but god damn, his brother. Oh, that is one of the a... best villains I've ever seen in a show that's not really a villain, technically. No, you're absolutely right. Like, he's just the antagonist of the of the of the first four seasons, spoiler alert, but like he's really just just a master class in acting of just subtle nuances and stuff like that and ego. Yeah, that was my theme with the gifts I brought you was villains that aren't villains because like Stewie is like kind of a hero but a yeah. villain, and then the same with Mister Orange. So what you know, what's more villainous than a cop pretending he's not to be? Yeah, not a cop. Yeah, that's pretty fucking villainous, man. That's pretty fucking villainous. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, have you? Have you, you? I'm sure you're aware of the the tell he gives himself away at the at the breakfast scene. No, he's the one that rats out Mister Pink for not tipping. Who didn't throw in? You're right, Mr. Pink. He don't believe in it. I didn't ask you. I asked him. That's when he gave himself away. That's when Joe knew. Damn. 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 That's such I a know, good one. I know, right? Yeah. It's a perfect. I mean, that's that's Tarantino, yeah. man. You can watch a movie of his 15 times and see something. And I'm like, yep. oh, my God. There's so um, many layers to it. I still. People sleep on Jackie Brown so much. I love Jackie oh, Brown. Oh. Fucking love Jackie Brown. That that whole scene where he's got um, Smokey in his trunk. I know it's not Smokey, the character, but uh, it's the actor, Chris yeah. Tucker. It's it's a callback to Touch of Evil. It's the same scene where he's where you can hear the music and the car drives away and like you see the whole like mm. that shot. That's like that is a fucking that's like the player like that's yeah. an opening shot that's brilliant. Yeah, and it's like there's there's things in Tarantino movies that are just like you can always see that they're homages to it over and over again in other films and stuff like that. They're yeah. so iconic. Like it kind of reminds me of the, the Akira slide. Yes, like it's kind of like the Akira Sly kind of thing, where like you see it and a whole bunch of other things pop up. Yep, and it's just that that brief homage kind of thing. And like it's honestly, if you really think about it, though, most of Tarantino's work is an homage to everything it's else. Absolutely, I mean, he worked in a video store. Yep. It's like he's he he was born to do exactly what he does, and he, and nobody does it. Better. Have you ever, have you been to go? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, if you look at it's it, it's one of my favorite venues. Yeah, the, I've killed there every time. Same and here. It's because he brings people that want to fucking hear comedy. Yes. It's like they need it in Broken Arrow. But they have they have the production. They're already there. The right. lighting's great. We got to get that part in the podcast. Okay. We, uh, yeah. I mean, shouting out what Gene's doing. Oh over yeah. There well, is, he's it's he's killing it. Over and there. I'll throw this in there because I I love Gene to death. The night that I did the open mic, um, you know, I'm just hosting open mic and stuff like that. You know, he has uh, the posters up all the movies. My daughter's birthday was that weekend, and I was going to take her to Ninja Turtles. Because we were getting prompts, she wanted to see the new Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And I was telling him, I was like, "Hey, man, um, I know you guys occasionally sell those movie posters when you get done with the movies. Um, let me know about the Ninja Turtles one. I'll buy it for you because my daughter's birthday is this weekend, and we're going to see Ninja Turtles." He's like, "Don't even worry about it." He went and got a ladder out as we're all leaving, closing down. Got a ladder out, went up there, took the fucking poster down, and goes, "Here, happy birthday." Oh my gosh! And just gave my daughter the actual movie big ass poster, and I have it over there. I'm gonna get that doesn't surprise me though. I mean, he's that kind of guy. Yeah, man. he really is. But I, like, I, I, that I, makes those things matter. And you know what's crazy? There's a there's yesterday I was at um Jane's Delicatessen mm -hmm. in Tulsa. It's closing and it was like this thing where they put out this message on Facebook that they're closing and now everybody rallies to them and like, "Oh, Jane's is closing." And so yeah. they're super busy. Yeah. They fucking ran out of food yesterday at lunch. And it's like it's one of those things where the the one of the owners is out there or one of the managers is talking to me and he's like, "You know, we tried to keep our prices low. We tried to have this like spirit of like, if we do good for people, people will do good for us. And it didn't, it blew up in their face, right? Yeah. They, you know, they, they, they started to question their own goodness and like, maybe we should have been more cutthroat capitalist pigs about yeah. it. And, and I, and I think about Gene when I think about that, like he's a guy who really does operate in that. Like if you're good to people, they'll be good to you. Yeah. And for whatever reason, People want him to win. It's yeah. like he's one of those guys that I just fucking want this guy to win. Same. And and I he he makes me feel like a fucking rock star when I'm there. Yeah. It's like he's so generous. He's fucking generous is yeah. what he is. And 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 I I pray to God that 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 doesn't bite him in the ass and he doesn't have to become jaded or something. Well, I think you know? he's on the right path because I think Gene has the business acumen to where and I don't know we're talking about Gene candidly out here, but like Gene, from what I've seen, also does a very good job of playing it to where it's a teeter-totter as the economy chains and the prices go up they have to go with it to just be cost effective and yeah, i think yeah. he's gonna be you gotta t always take that you gotta do your bottom line and sometimes you just gotta make sure you're cost effective and as long as you're cost effective and making a profit yeah. you can do more leeway on that stuff and like uh one of my things we talked about i talked with who did i have yesterday i had uh brian dixon on the, on the mm -hmm. podcast yeah and he was talking about how he did a show and i did the open mic with gene i was like my most important thing is like a headliner or anything I do as a comic. I go to the promoter. I go, did you guys make money tonight? How much did you make at the bar? Did you guys, did you guys get a profit? Right. And if they say yes, then I feel good. Yeah. yeah I don't care yeah, how exactly. my performance was. I don't care how the crowd was. Right. Did you make a fucking profit? Yeah. Yeah. Because that means I'm going to get booked again. Right. You're that's right. it. You're right. Um, and it means that you don't regret booking me. Yes. Um, no, that's, that's that's, that's the the worst thing because like, it's one thing to not draw a crowd or not draw a profit. It's one another thing to have that promoter possibly get a reputation of like you're not going to draw. Right, right. You don't. That's a kiss of death. Yes. Um. Not that I'm saying like if anybody offered me a headlining gig, I wouldn't take it in a heartbeat. Right. It's like you, but you do got to manage those expectations of knowing where your audience is, knowing how to draw it, and knowing how to promote. There's a lot more into this. I mean, yeah. we're building a brand. You're absolutely right. All of yeah. us have to build a brand. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's kind of where this came in. I spent two years building the podcast, building mm -hmm. the Unloading Meat name and like getting yeah, the, yeah. the website and all that stuff. Like I own unloadingmeat.com. Like, yeah, yeah. 
just like trying to build a whole brand. I, I, I talk about it a lot. I, uh, really try to influence my comedy. Like to say, I try to not influence, but, um, I try to treat my stand up comedy and podcasting the same way a professional wrestler would treat their career mm-hmm. when they're on the independent circuit. Um, so professional wrestling and stand up comedians are in comedy are just very similar. In my yeah, opinion. yeah, yeah. They're all doing it from like town to town. They're mm-hmm. trying to work on their craft, get the reps in. And a lot of times they're doing it like for the hot dog and the handshake, just trying to do it for the fucking like right. the name recognition and just trying to get the contacts and networking. And they're doing that. They're building a brand, getting merch, getting a logo, yeah. getting all that stuff done to where every time they go to a town, people know that brand. And we talked about it with politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Um, there's lots of people that talk about how Donald Trump was very influenced by like the professional wrestling kind of shit. Like he felt like a, a res- oh, wrestling absolutely. character. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's like, if you really start to see that, I, that's how I'm treating my stand-up career. Like, I am, like, even my flyers when I design stuff and like that, I'm working on, like, I'm not going to shitty anybody's work, but there's some good and bad flyers in the in the community. Oh, yeah. Um, But a lot of flyers really just like, okay, I got a comedy flyer. What's the first thing I need? To, oh, I need to find a brick wall. Oh, I need to find a microphone. Right. Let's, how many microphones can I throw in this fucking flyer? Five. Cool. And it's like, yes, we get it. It's comedy. I look at professional wrestling fl- uh, flyers. I look at pro boxing flyers. Right. Or, like, match card flyers. And that's my inspiration rather right. than comedy. I would like to go like that and kind of go inspired by that stuff. And I don't know. Like I just kind of take that different look at it. I like to go into outside the box kind of look at it. Yeah, it's 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 fun to be creative, figure out what, you know, like I think part of my – I, I asked this question earlier of, of myself, and I still don't really know the full answer, but I know part of like my brand aesthetic is like vintage and retro. Yeah. Part of my brand aesthetic is working class, you know, like really – kind of anti-bougie, anti-aristocracy, anti you know, that sort of punk rock. You look like the kind of guy that would know the key difference between the bands Everlast and Everclear. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and, you know, interestingly enough, there's a band called Giovanni and the Hired Guns. You know these guys? No. They just played. They opened for my favorite band, Clutch. Um, and uh, they sound like fucking Everclear. They have this really cool 90s sensibility. They're all like uh, Latino family members, like like this drummer, he's my little cousin. You know, like they're all, they know each other and they're all, they're from uh, Fort Worth, you know, and they're just really cool dudes. And I, and I got a chance to be backstage because my other friend who I'm seeing tonight play uh, is in a band called Punkadelic that was opening for Clutch as well. So it was nice. two openers. And so I got to be backstage and meet these guys, but they're just super cool. And it was another one of those things where it's like, you know, I've always said the most punk rock thing you can be is nice. People are always talking about like punkers are angry and like, you know, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You can be angry. You can be like over it and like too cool for school. It's so funny that you're not a wrestling fan, but like if you knew what's going on in wrestling right now, there's a guy named CM Punk. Yeah. Who just got fired from his company, AEW, with cause for right. causing a backstage fight. And he's just like, it's it's like that Dave Chappelle skit of like when keeping it real goes wrong. Like you just keeping it real too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keeping it too real. Yeah. Keeping it surreal. Yeah. yeah. Keeping it is real. He's straight edge and very in punk. And like, I, I have his autograph on the wall there. And I, I'm a big CM Punk fan. I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan. But two times there's been in the last year where he's gotten backstage fights with people. And like, it's one of those things where like people will do stuff and just do like, uh, you know, talk trash, stuff like that. Yeah. And he's, like, very aggressive behind the scenes. Like, you want to go? Like, we'll just start to fight right here. We'll just end it here. Right. And But that's, I mean, that's, he's just trying to get press. Yeah. I mean, that I, 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 I'm cynical. I don't even know the guy, but no. but I that's my hunch. So um, this happened last two weeks ago. So AEW is my company I love. Um, it's the counter to WWE. It's a newer company. Um, they've only been resisting for, like, four years. 
and they're very counterculture, very like they started from the indie wrestling f- scene and they kind of blew up. Yeah. They're on TNT and TBS now. Um, in four years, they've grown to the point where in August they sold out Wembley Stadium. 81,000 wow. people. They're the first, it's the, they have the record for the highest wrestling gate in history and it's not WWE. Wow. Yeah, they beat them. Wow. It's, cra- it's crazy. It's insane. At that show of 81,000 people, there was a pre show. And uh, there's this character named Jungle Boy. You can see the little green box behind him. There's a thing called Jungle Express. It's yeah. like his character, his books, or his figures. Um, Jungle Boy had a match on the pre-show. And apparently a couple weeks ago, there was this thing where he wanted to do a pre-match segment where he wanted to use a, a glass. Yeah. And at the last second, CM Punk, who was like the locker room leader behind the scenes, was like, nah, we're not making letting you use real glass. Use fake glass. It's just a fucking pre-match segment. So that happened behind the scenes, and that kind of got public. People were like, oh, they're having a little internal war behind the scenes. At Wembley, during the pre-show, Jack Perry, Jack Jungle Boy has this spot in the match where he's on a limo. Yeah. And he punches the limousine glass, and he goes, it's real glass. Cry me a river. And he did that live into the camera, like not pre-planned or anything, just to be like, right. fuck you to that guy right. on the pre-show. CM Punk is getting ready for his opening match on the actual main show of 81,000 people. He's behind the curtain right there. Right. So Jungle Boy does that live on camera and calls him out like that. Match ends. He goes back there. The show's getting ready to start this 81,000 historic pay-per-view. CM Punk goes right up into him, and they guess they get into a world war, like a, a war, uh, war of wards. Yeah, yeah. And he puts Jungle Boy in a headlock and chokes him out. Then goes out for his fucking match. Wow. In front of 81,000 people and has like a 30-minute match. And that's his last match ever because then he got suspended and fired. Because wow. he was just like, you want to go right now? Right, right, and right. Like right before your fucking match and everything, he's just like, you want to go? And choked the dude out. Right, right. And it's just like, dude, like you just kept it real. Like he was just like it. Just it was too much. Right, right, right. Yeah. And this dude, like, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of probably ruined his career. Like he's fired. I mean, he was the biggest star. And yeah, you got. I mean, and that's the thing. It's the same thing we were talking about earlier about the difference between like the pushing the envelope as a comic and also knowing where restraint is. Yeah. You know, and and that's. And that goes back to what you were saying about Gene. It's like that's part of being savvy in business is knowing when you can take a risk and when you have to play yeah. it safe. You know, and I think that I think that's true in life. I think that there's, you know, I think I think you know risk risk versus reward yeah. is a is a is an internal negotiation. Yeah. We always have to be like really weighing. Well, yeah, a lot of people want a clubhouse. Yeah, they want kind of their own little like clicky vibe thing. Yeah, and it's really about, um, well. I mean, some people want to be adjacent to grace, greatness. They don't want to achieve greatness, but yeah. they want to be near it. Yeah, you know, and and they'll settle for that. And I and I think that's what that's what distinguishes Gene is you can see his humble beginnings, yeah. and you can also see the trajectory. Yeah, like yeah, I, I can actually see where he's going with that, and yeah. I can envision his dream fully realized. Yeah. And it's a fucking entertainment empire. Yeah, and I I want him to have that, man. I'm I just. Like, I do say though he has go he has Jack of all shows he just needs to have go Jack and have a nudie booth. Oh, absolutely, just go Jack. Yeah, Jack off all shows. Jack of all shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can make that happen. A hundred percent. I I'm gonna start jacking off in his shows. <laughs> I mean, to a Paul Rubin. It's the least I could do. It's the you know. Rest in peace. I mean, Paul. it really Pee-wee. is the least I can do. I mean, like barely any hand motion, <laughs> hardly any. A real Pee Wee. Yeah, total, total. Yeah, my my dick. It may not be very big around, but it really is short. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. One of my friends said that to me when I got my car wreck. He was like, hey, uh, look on the bright side. At least you got that fat dick. And I was like, 
Nah, it's more like a tuna can. That's the benefit of losing weight. Your dick looks better by bigger by comparison. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's a win. You sold I'll me on it already. I'll take them where I can get it. I say my dicks look like a tuna can. It's round and it smells like your mother. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. it comes in bulk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I miss my mother's smell. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Everything's a fucking reference now to wrestling. Now uh, I just got like literally before you came here. There's a there's a wrestler named Christian Cage, and uh, he's kind of a meme right now because this famous thing now is they keep pairing him with wrestlers whose dads have died, and he oh, purposely wow. goes out of his way in his promos to be like, "So I heard you had a dad." Keyword had oh, or like he God. leans into it, and the crowd's like, "Oh!" <laughs> so so Jungle Boy. The guy I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. His name is Jungle Boy Jack Perry. He's the son of Luke Perry from 90210. Wow. His dad died like a year before he went pro. Wait, Luke Perry died? Luke Perry died, yeah. Okay, do you know I was on stage at the fucking whatever that uh, new comedy club, Bricktown Comedy Club? Yeah. Brick. I yeah. mean, you got to have a brick in the name. Yeah. Um, and, and your mouth uh, sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I was on stage commenting how they it was unfair that they had a picture of Betty White next to all these dead comics. Yeah. And everybody's like she died too and I'm like I like so like I'm finding out in real time on stage that <laughs> Betty White died. <laughs> and 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 like rather than dealing with the grief of it, I'm more dealing with the embarrassment of like just not being in on a like a very strong cultural reference. Yeah. But it's like she was the Keith Richards of like comedy, yeah. you know, like I I figured she was going to outlive me. Yeah. So, like, it was a lot to take in. I'm still processing now it. Now the closest know? thing to Betty White we have is, like, Dolly Parton. Yeah, yeah. As far and, as, like, this wholesomeness of, like, people in the pop culture. And she is so fucking wholesome. Yep. I, you know what? I love that word. I'm bringing that word back. When I describe the sober bar, I use that word wholesome. Wholesome. And Because I think that, like, wholesome doesn't mean no profanity necessarily. Yeah. But wholesome, you know, implies, like, wholeness. Like, yeah, it's not missing anything. You yeah. Know? I don't know. I like the word wholesome. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to reclaim. Like it, it's going to be my N word. You know, I'm taking wholesome. <laughs> I'm taking H wholesome word. back from the, the breakfast cereals. Because like breakfast oh, the, cereal, the, the W word. Yeah, wow, I'm the so w word. Uh, yeah. the H word. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's a homonym. <laughs> we um, just started talking about the thumbs earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thumbs. <laughs> the, the H word. The, the old silent H. <laughs> the Fuck H word. Silent H. The silent H. You know, H. you know what it's called when two letters make a new sound? Gay. Dip. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to sound gay. It's called a diphthong. A diphthong. I mean, come on. Yeah, I remember that because like we used to joke about in English, like, you get your diphthong for your assonance. Yeah, exactly. A dip. <laughs> a, you know, like it's it's like what you wear to the beach. Yeah, you wear a nice diphthong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to joke about that because like the the worst thing that our teacher did in English was give this guy like an English slang dictionary, and like he was going through all these like literary terms and stuff like that. So we're, like diphthong and like we hear assonance, a diphthong in your assonance. Cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. whip. Do you hear that? There's an ice cream truck. Yeah, ice cream truck. There's an ice cream truck. Go by. Ice cream man! <laughs> Our inner fat kids all both came out. Like, oh, absolutely. This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by Ray Chatter Legends. And I know you're probably wondering, you're probably thinking to yourself, man, this ad break looks and sounds an awful lot like the other one, but without the hat. And you know what? You're a little right, but you're also forgetting that I changed glasses. Nice. Anyway, if you're tired of these fake ads, reach out to your favorite companies like Raid Shadow Legends. Tell them to sponsor this uh, podcast on Loading Meat, and we'll get back to the show.
Uh, well, talk about your show. So, talk about your your new show that you're getting ready to do. So, the show that we're working on um, for October is for Sober October. Uh, recently at the Circle Cinema, a couple of comics at, on the same night that I was performing, coincidentally, mentioned that they're sober. And, you know, I think that that's something that you're seeing more in uh, in just the public sector. Uh, you know, people talking about mental health. You're yeah. very transparent about your struggles. I try to be transparent about, you know, my I'm diagnosed ADHD, depression, take take medication for both those things and for anxiety. And um and and I'm also 21 years sober, and you know I, I'm sober because I don't I I'm not able to smoke cannabis reverently. I'm not not able to smoke it without it becoming kind of like a, a focal point, and yeah. like the rest of my life kind of becomes blurry. And the cannabis, like like you're productive yeah. and smoke. I I can't. I, I my 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 history with cannabis is that I can't do that. And the same thing with drinking. You know, like drinking and. Cocaine, like it's just like all that stuff for yeah. me, and 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 in the comic world, you know, it's such a nightlife oriented kind of thing. Yeah, right? and nine times out of ten, they're at a bar. At, at a bar. Yeah. So, 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 what, what, what my vision is is for a venue that is has the positive things of a bar, nightlife, late night hours, that cool kind of vibrant energy, a, a, a lot like Starlight. I think Starlight's the perfect example of like a neighborhood bar yeah. that's like super inclusive. It's a, it's a safe space, not in the cliche way, but like in a genuine way. Um, and then, you know, they have the adjacent room where they can do music, they can do private events. Yeah. And so, um, but it's a sober bar, so the idea, and this is another thing Starlight does really well. They have a lot of mocktails. They have a lot of sober or a lot of non-alcoholic beer offerings and other uh, non-alcoholic spirits. Yeah. So, so the the concept is straight edge lounge, and so ultimately it'll be a brick and mortar. I've been looking at property along 11th Street in Tulsa, um, and I've got a couple of possibilities. And I've, uh, yeah. So that's long term. So for the short term, I'm doing pop ups each month. I have one going this month. And then in October, we're doing a pop-up at Noisetown. Nice. And uh, the whole idea is to have some sober comics come out and do a sober comedy show. And then I actually have on the flyer wholesome weirdness. You know, and so the idea is like, you know, like I'm Christian, but my daughter's pagan. So it's like I know that, you know, like it's like Brett Jeffries. I love her joke about... Uh, she's a trans woman, but she waited until her thirties to come out because she can fucking read a room and she lives in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, so like I'm a Christian, but I also know how loaded that term is. Right. Yeah. And my daughter's pagan and I, I, I celebrate her right to have her own path. And, yeah. and I think likewise, as a sober person, you know, I'm terrified that people are going to think I'm like preachy about it. And yeah. it's like, no, this is a choice I made for me. If you're able to smoke cannabis and make it work, man, fucking yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm cheering you on. Like I want, I want everybody to have their freedom of choice. So this is not about pushing sobriety as a lifestyle. It's just about presenting an option for people that maybe struggle with it. Somebody that's like 30 days sober, a bar might be a really dangerous place for them, and so I'd like them to have an alternative. And yeah. So that's really kind of the the trajectory of where I'm going with it. Dude, that. I love the idea. Yeah. It's, it's very inspirational. It's like, dude, hats off to you, man. Thank like, you. Literally, that's that's an amazing idea. That's a great idea. And like, there's so much talent. I mean, not that I'm. I mean, he's very open with Jacob Hatfield. I just had yeah, on the yeah, podcast. Like, exactly. Um, dude, like that dude is a rock star. And like, I I would hate to happen if like he didn't get sober and like didn't you know change his life like yeah like there's so much talent there exactly and yeah. I love that you're giving a venue for people to show off that and you know it's it's one of those things where it's like 
I don't know. Everybody needs to have their own voice. Everybody needs to have their own way of uh, relating to somebody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, representation's important. 100%. Representation is so important. And 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 there and there may be a comic out there that's thinking about getting sober but doesn't want to because yeah. they don't want to be branded or they don't want to feel like the odd person out, right? Yeah. You know, Lacey Rains when she talked about being sober, she's she doesn't love it, man. Like yeah. she's not somebody that's cheering about sobriety, and she's she talks about it in her act, yeah. you know, and and it's like. Um, I think that I think all voices need to be heard about that yeah. conversation, and and the people that can moderate, you know, like yeah. I I know people that have left AA and learned how to moderate their alcohol use, and like I don't like I, like I know a lot of people that are sober that are threatened by that because it makes them question their own path. Yeah, but it's like I'm like if you figured out your own truth, you know, truth is everybody's journey toward truth is. You know, uh, some some people find it at thirty. Some people find it at sixty. You know, like yeah. everybody's finding their their who their identity is at later at different stages in life. Well, you really start to figure out like later in life that how true those character sheets were in D and D, where like you yeah. fucking have your stats and everybody has different stats. Yeah, you're everybody right. has fucking different stats, and there's gonna be things where oh he can take more alcohol than you. Or he can moderate better than you because your body's used to a different stuff like that. Just different stats, different people. We ought to do a com- We ought to do a chaotic neutral. Co- Tulsa Comics sheet yep. where we have like all of the alignments. So who would you be as a Tulsa comic? Who? Oh fuck! I don't know. I want to think I'm chaotic good. Maybe chaotic neutral. I'm I'm leaning more chaotic neutral. I I because I I have to be chaotic. Yeah yeah. I, me too. So maybe we maybe maybe we'll both be cause, identified cause as chaotic my, neutral. Because my thing is, and I talked about it on the podcast. Um, I have a hard time with. Either two things. I have I have a hard time, especially post therapy and post everything. Yeah, I can't stand bullies, like anything bullying or like that. It just fucking Same. sets me off. And then, if there is a rule that I can question or I can be like, "Why does this rule exist?" or "This is stupid," I have to call it out. Yeah, absolutely. I have to fuck with it. I just it's in my nature to fuck with it. I think that's I think that's the nature of a comic is that something it's like. It's like the. Do you know how a pearl becomes a pearl? Starts off as a grain of sand that's like irritating. Yeah. It's like that's like that's why I think comics have that. Like there's something about like the splinter in your mind, like mm-hmm. what Morpheus says, you know, in the Matrix. Something gets under your skin, and then you have to fucking talk about it. Yeah. I mean, that's why. I mean, also there's. Go ahead. Speaking of which, this is why I said remind me of dark. Yeah. dark remind me about darkness. Later. Darkness. Darkness, everybody. So as I was. Pulling through Bartlesville, I there's this there's this feature on Spotify called the AI DJ. Do you know mm-hmm. about this yes, feature? Yes, I love it. So do you, does yours have a black voice? Uh, like, yeah, does it's it, like a black does male. It say, does it say "What's up, Jared? How you doing, man?" Like yes. it's like trying to be like, yes. I love it. The kids like it when I get down verbally. Yeah, it's like it, 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 it it's, talks in ebonics. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. So my fucking uh, AI DJ, I maybe revealed a truth about me that I wasn't really ready to see. And so it was playing the great jams all the way up from Tulsa. It's a nice one-hour drive, and I'm listening to the AI. The AI is like, we're going to go into your metal songs next, Jeff, and I think it's going to be great. And um, and then right as I'm turning the corner to come down your street, he goes, now we're going to get into a whole new vibe. And that vibe, and I'm not kidding. I had to fucking write it down because I don't want to say it wrong. <laughs> he fucking said this. And that vibe is dark Appalachian folk. <laughs> and the first song was called Conversation with Death. And it was the or- origin of that song from uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Where he's like, oh, death. Oh, yeah. Oh, death. And it's a song about 
I haven't I haven't surrendered my life to Jesus and so I'm going to burn in hell. Fuck. And there's no music. It's just vocals. <laughs> it's <Gay>! Yes. <laughs> it was so fucking awkward. I was like I both want to hear all of the Stark Appalachian folk, and I'm terrified that I'm about to go on a comedy podcast, and this is the vibe that my fucking AI DJ wants to drag me through, Dark kicking Apple. and screaming. So Dark what, Appalachian folk. What, 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 now you got me wanting to know, and I want to put it on. I want to put it on the mic too, so people can hear it. Yeah, but, the uh, DJ. I want to hear what. what What's up, Jared? How you doing today? Let's see. Uh, make sure it's not on my fucking DJ. Hey, what's going on? I'm your DJ X. Hope you're feeling good. I'm going to start you off with some of your top songs from the past few months. Uh Action Bronson up first. Nice. Yeah. I'm a a big Action Bronson guy. Yeah, my shit would be like, we're going to start off with one of your favorites. Some Kelly Clarkson (laughs) since you've been gone. I like everything. I'm open to everything. I'll go rap. I don't have guilty pleasures. No. um, If it's not DJ, most of my time, my thing's on Spotify Shuffle. All right. Let's see. Let's see where he's going to take us next. Next, some music from an artist you've been feeling quite a bit these days. Here's Electric Six. Nice. I'm seeing them next week in Wichita. Nice. Do you know Electric Six? No, I don't, but I'm gonna add them now. They have a, you've probably heard the song Gay Bar. Yo, I wanna take you to a gay bar. Oh, yeah. I wanna take you to a gay bar. Uh, speaking of which, you've gotta find the video of uh, George W. Bush and uh, Tony Blair. Lip, they've they've mashed up the video to make it look like they're singing that song to each other, and then it cuts. It creates all these little homoerotic moments between oh them, God. where they're just kind of like looking at each. I other. I didn't think we'd get a Tony Blair reference on this fucking podcast. Yeah, I like to go with the deep cuts, man. Nice. That's when you get a fifty-seven or when fifty-seven, fifty-seven. When you got a fifty-seven on your person or podcast, you're going to get these old references. I need about three fifty. Try fifty. Three fifty. Yeah. Uh, wait till our fucking DJ on Spotify starts sounding like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I want choices like yeah. I have with Siri. Yeah, and I, I think I definitely want a girl that's doing a vocal fry. Ah, uh, the Valley Girl the the vocal, vocal fry. fry. When I learned what that was, I started hearing it everywhere, and I was like, I weep for the future. Yeah. When we get to your questions, that's one of the questions. That's I have. fine. Just, those are just girls that don't swallow. Girls that don't swallow. That's why their voices don't, you know. Do they just hold it? Yeah, Do they probably. spit? Probably spit. I've never seen a girl spit, and I don't want to. I've seen one do it. I've seen I've seen them where they just kind of let it like drool, that's, drip that's, down. That's fucking hot. That's fucking hot. That's fucking hot, man. Yeah. 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 Oh, clean up on aisle me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, fuck. Um, how long has it been since you've been laid? Are you willing to say on air? Uh, full laid or blowjobs? Full laid. About a month. A month. Yeah. You want to hear my number? Mm. Seven years. Wow. Yeah. I uh, I copped to it in a uh, recent uh, go live on Facebook, and I and I said it was not always like. I was talking about the straight edge culture yeah. and how like for some of them, like sexual purity is part of that. Yeah. And, um, but it's not like waiting till marriage. Cause I'm sure most straight edge <laughs> punks are like not the, the institution of marriage is yeah. also part of the big rig game. And I, I don't necessarily think they're wrong, but I, you know, like for me, part of, part of being overweight was part of that armor protecting myself from that. Yeah. 
And like I, I recently, when I came back from my little comedy hiatus, I was performing at Whittier Bar, uh, and Laura Cook was there, and uh, and I was talking about as I'm losing weight, I'm starting to think of myself as like almost fuckable. Yeah. And she goes, "Aw, it was the sweetest thing." And she's like, "You're totally fuckable." And I was just like, "It was such a self-esteem builder, you yeah. know." But like, it is crazy how we're our 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 image is tied into validation in yep. that way, you know. And and so I think for me, when I see an area where I'm like driven by validation, I immediately want to conquer that. Like 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 I I don't always do it well. Like yeah. I. I there's times where I like really would love to cuddle or spoon, you know, yeah. like or whatever. And I just, that hasn't, I've, I've been also in a six year relationship that I just got out of a year ago yeah. with somebody that was not at all affectionate, you know? And so I'm definitely like feeling that desert. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is an open appeal uh, uh, for uh, sex. Yeah, we're just, um, gonna, we're just gonna cut this, and it's gonna be like one of those VHS videotapes that you send in for the dating back in the day. Well, you could sing, you could sing the in the arms of an angel. Jeff wants. Uh, yeah, that was Jeff, me thinking. Jeff wants to be in an arms of in the arms of an angel. So you, you saw my SBCA commercial. Oh, I did absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I couldn't figure out. I it was playing on another. I have both Safari and Chrome open at the same yeah. time. I couldn't find the window that was playing, and I was listening to music earlier, and it was going in the background, and I couldn't find it, and I, then I realized it was you. I was like, okay, now I hate it a lot. I yeah. hate it a little less. Yeah. I hate it a little less. Yeah, that was me doing the singing and everything. Man, you, Sarah McLaughlin better fucking watch out. I know. You're coming for her shit. Oh, oh. I was like, how cringy can I make this fucking thing? It, you fucking nailed it. Yeah. It was so, it was so cringy, <laughs> well, I almost had to well, kill it, myself. It was like, how cringy can I make it and not get copyright struck? That was literally what I did. Yeah. Can I get close enough that the algorithm won't see what I'm doing, but at the same time, yeah. So what I did is I pulled up a karaoke track of an acoustic version of the, of the instrumental. Nice. And did that, and then I clipped it, and then I modified it, and then I sang over that. Please tell me you then... chopped and screwed it. Possibly. You did, do you know, do you know no. the origin of chopped and screwed? No. Do you know about it? No. So it's when it's so it's originated in Houston hip-hop, Okay. and it's when they take a beat, and then they slow it way down so like they take a fast track yeah and then slow it down and okay. so it so it gets deeper and it gets slow enough that you can rap over it yeah um and there is a dj and i i'm embarrassed i'm losing all of my hip-hop cred as i tell the story um i you know i kind of don't have cred and i'm okay with that um but he had a cough syrup it was a it was a cold brew coffee company that released a limited he died of a fucking coffee syrup cough syrup Overdose, and they released a limited edition like Robotussin in his honor with his name. No, oh, it's DJ Screw. That's where it came uh. from. Chopped and screwed. That's why that he was DJ Screw. And wow. So, so yeah, I somewhere have the fucking limited edition cold brew uh, unopened. It's another mint in box. It's my sort of my. We're okay with that custom bottle, yeah. but not a Bud Light. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, not a Bud Light. <laughs> Bud Light sucks for other reasons, yeah. but not for that. Yeah, not for that. Ugh, Talk, I mean, oh, a very, very, very attractive trans woman, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, very. And, and, and I'm not gonna even qualify that. Very, very attractive woman. I'm just yeah. gonna say it. Yeah, yeah. Stewie and I have questions for you. Get this queued up. So. Oh yeah. Is that all you got? Is that all you got? So you ready? I'm ready. All right, everybody. It's time. For my guest questions, Jeff. Guest questions with some amazing questions that I have not heard beforehand, guys. You're gonna get my candid responses. Well, Sting and Stewie and I have some questions for you. Ooh, 
The first one, what is your favorite origin story? It can be of a character. It can be of a thing in, in, that really exists. It can be fictional. It can be real. What's your favorite Ooh, origin story? Great question. Ooh. I mean, wow, that's going to be. That is a fucking toughie. God damn it. All right, do you want to pause on that one? Yeah, we'll go to an pause easier one? yeah, go. Yeah, I want to think. That's a thinker. Yeah, well, here, we'll go with an easier one. Okay. What do you think is the trajectory of our current culture? <laughs> something light. Something you know, light. Something light, you know. Um, I think we're going to eventually have the bubble pop. Yeah. I think we're just, something's going to hit a precipice. I don't think it's going to be a full-fledged civil war or anything right. like that. Right. But there's too many conflicting ideals and too much unknown as far as like in like speculation with press and like you know me just all this stuff it's it's just a cesspool of stuff that's eventually gonna hit ahead yeah the polarity is just too polarized i don't think we're gonna go full on v for vendetta as the outcome afterwards but i think we're gonna hit ahead at some point whether it be gun resolution or like just the now like yeah yeah. just there's so much layers to it but yeah it's gonna eventually hit ahead something's gonna be the crux where it's going to be like the new 9-11 where like we remember is that the moment in time where something changed. Yeah. Well, you think about like I, I actually thought the George Floyd stuff yeah. in 2020 was thought going so to be that was going to be a tipping point. Had it not been for COVID, possibly. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, and maybe murder hornets. Yeah. Maybe they kept us on our best behavior. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Good question. Um, Cohen Brothers or Wes Anderson? Like you got to choose one, Cohen. Yeah, same. I have to go Cohen. I love it. I love Wes Anderson's Me aesthetic, too. but and and Wes Anderson's just that quirky guy that I love that's doing his own thing, and it's like it's, you can obviously tell. I mean, you can tell a Cohen yeah. brother movie right away too. But like, fuck, um, yeah, Cohen brothers. Yeah, all day. I, I I don't want to live in a universe that doesn't have Big Lebowski and Raising Arizona. Yeah, in it. I just don't. Um, fuck, even though they're not directly involved, the Fargo show. Like they inspired the Fargo show, yeah, and absolutely. that mythos is just amazing. Like yeah. even that, like brilliant. I just like I love Fargo. I love. I re I rewatched it recently. I I mean, Margie, she's yeah. such a great character. I mean, like, um, having female heroes back in the day. Like back in right. the day, it was like I remember Fargo and I remember Alien. I think that was that. her idea too. That that Frances McDormand said she wanted to be pregnant. Yeah, thought like hey, I think this will make it's it. It's fucking great. The vulnerability of that. Yeah, it's like she doesn't have a whisper of vulnerability. Like even the scene where she throws up in the snow. It's like yeah. she somehow does that and comes off like a badass. Well, and it's like we go back to re- relatability, and it's like the more relatable you can have stuff being, and like the more quaintness, yeah. the more that when something jarring happens, it impacts. It, it's, yeah, it's the difference. You're right, absolutely. Um, so like when you have the woodchipper scene and stuff like that, it's so jarring because you're not supposed to have that in that that setting. And she says that at the end. She's so sweet that she was. I guess that was your accomplice there in the wood chipper. Yep. Don't you know that? Don't you oh, know? Oh, so sweet. Okay. okay. Question. Favorite know. origin story. It's definitely not Bruce Wayne. Um, no. Oh, I'm so I'm so kicked in the nuts by that story over and over. Repeatedly. Over and over again. Um, I don't need to see any more pearls dropping to the ground. I mean. I have a Nightcrawler tattoo because I'm I, my, he's my favorite Marvel character. Okay, um, right here. Um, I love his story of like I'm not the I'm not a, a, a religious person. Yeah, yeah. But I always love that I identify with Nightcrawler growing up because like he was. If you look at the Marvel, the most religious people in it are Matt Murdock and Nightcrawler. Yeah, 
And Nightcrawler was persecuted from the time he was born just because of the way he looks. Right. And people like would have pitchforks and stuff like that and try to kill him because he looks like the fucking devil. Yeah. And he's the most religious, like, quote unquote Christian. Yeah, yeah. That you would ever see. And it was like a, you know, like was like a pacifist and stuff like that until you like he was forced to. That's such an interesting. I never saw the connection between Daredevil and Nightcrawler until yeah. you said that. That's really interesting. And it's two different point of view, point of views of Christianity too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I was I used to work at this club. In, in Tulsa called Icon. It was an industrial kind of dark, you know, new wave kind of place in the yeah. 90s. And a guy came through and he was doing a documentary on the Bible Belt. And he was talking about how in all these Bible Belt cities he visited, the 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 stronger the religious oppression, the more developed the punk and, and industrial music scene was. And so it's like, it's like, I always think of that line when somehow Princess Leah becomes British and she's talking to Grand Moff Tarkin. And she says, "The more you tighten your grip, the more galaxies will slip through your fingers." Yeah, and I, that's the that's that whole preacher's daughter thing. That's I, why preacher's daughters are into uh, the trope is that they're always sluts because the more you yeah. try to fucking suppress something, yep. the more you create it. And God, how true it was! I met uh, so many preachers. Went, yeah. yeah, and they're so hot. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing there's nothing hotter than naughty. I mean, naughty is I I I, yeah. I can't get attracted to healthy women. It's like bad you, girls all day long, man. I just think of the uh, Amish Paradise video where whenever the guys are the, the Amish yes. kids are looking at the porno and it's just like her holding up her knee and they're like, <gasps> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I have a Amish strip club bit that I do where I talk about you got to be really patient because it's a lot of fucking buttons to get undone. You know? <laughs> and then they treat the butter churn like a stripper pole. You know, you got to watch out for splinters. There's a there's a lot of layers to that. <laughs> Um, my my favorite origin story for some reason is is Silver Surfer. Really, okay. The, the whole idea that he's willing to go that to that extreme. Yeah, I wrote a poem one time about a girlfriend, and I said, "I will I will burn down the world, uh, so that the fire can keep you warm." And it's this idea of like, uh, like natural born killers. How like in in the pursuit of love, yeah, we we will become grotesque. Yeah, you know, and I think that he. As Galactus's herald to try, to, I mean, because it's a he's, he says he tells himself it's about his planet, yeah, but it's really about his woman, yeah, you know, and I and I just think that that I wish I, that it's super relatable. To I me. wish that cartoon series would have went more than one season on the on like at, at it Fox was Kids. so good, yeah. I mean, it was that shitty era of animation, but it was still it was very Stan Lee. It was very much like yeah, in the Jack Kirby thing. Yep. That's why it, I, I loved my tattoo artist even more. When I told him, he said, what do you want to do to tie it all together? And I said, I want Kirby Crackle. And he goes, what color? Like, I didn't have to explain yeah. what Kirby Crackle was. Yeah. And I was like, he gets me. He really gets me. Oh, let's go ahead and put it back to there. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, see the difference, don't you? Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, and then also, like, no light if I do this. Uh, wow. It, help, it hurts the quality of the broadcast so you much. You have, like, a Dr. Evil level of power with that fucking phone. Man. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, you, and you, you know, once again, your humility, you, you just wear it well. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where, like, all of this had to come out of, I could get nobody, I could never rely on anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a roommate at one point that I couldn't even get him to be, like, the Jamie behind the curtain. Like, right. Um, you've seen some of my episodes, um, um, we're friendly now. You've, yeah, have yeah. you seen my references to Stefano? Have you seen uh, a clip? I have there? seen references, I don't know who that is. Stefano is my executive producer. Okay. And well, you that, know, that's why Jared won't leave Bartlesville because yeah. Stefano won't leave Bartlesville. Yep. And Stefano's essential. I mean, there's, you know, Jared hates him, but it, there's a lot of things Jared couldn't get yeah. done without Stefano. It also, when I talk about Straight Edge Lounge, like to 
any media, I yeah. always say we. Yeah, like it helps. Part of what part of how we came up with this vision is you know, and 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 that goes back to I was hosting a, a Woody Guthrie tribute, and Woody Guthrie's family was there. It yeah. was at Kane's Ballroom. This was years ago, and um, and I was saying I when I first started talking about you know what an honor it was. Yeah, and and Lee uh, Lee Chapman. The biological father of my stepson, Casper, who Lee killed himself. He's a drug addict and uh, unfortunately killed himself. Um, but he, uh, super positive vibes. Um, he said, "Say we." Yeah. It's. He said. He, he said you'll get a lot more mileage from it, and it won't feel so um, self-centered. Yeah. And he was absolutely right. It was like probably one of the best pieces of small advice I got. I've yeah. gotten about. A stage persona and like hosting an event, things like that. Yeah, no, that's it. I love it. I love it. There's there's a lot of intentionality behind what you're yeah. doing, and I really respect it. Um, I want to show, not tell. I don't, you know, like that. And I don't want to. I don't know. I just again, no. Try to not be humble about it. Legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, the worst thing you could possibly do is be like, look at this thing I made. I put so much work into this. You guys should watch this. Why aren't you watching this? And you get jaded about it because nobody's watching it. Shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and and that's the thing is like, effort doesn't dictate good product. Well, and I was gonna say, true G's move in silence like lasagna. Ooh, that's a fucking Little Wayne lyric, and it's probably one of the best rap lyrics. Of all um, time. put a pin in best rap lyrics because I have my favorite rap rap lyric of all time. Um, I'm so bra- glad you brought up lasagna because it's my favorite thing to make. I, I am a great lasagna maker, even on like TikTok. I was like self-professed greatest lasagna, like. I love making lasagnas. We ought to have a lasagna off. We should. What What were we watching earlier that talked about having a favorite food? Oh, his, his apple crumble. Yeah. His apple crumble is so good. Yeah. So I haven't figured out how to work this into my bit yet, but um, I make hummus. Ooh. And my hummus is so good. How good is it? It's so good. A guy took credit for it at a party. Damn. And I caught him. So he got there early when I was describing the ingredients to the people that were there. I lived in the house where we were hosting this big party. And it was the big Halloween party. No, it was the big 4th of July party. We had a great view of the fireworks. This is when I lived in Seattle uh, over Lake Union. And so we had this, like, big, big party. I was new to town. I didn't know a lot of people. But my roommates were, like, super social. And they knew a bunch of people. And so this guy comes over. And I'm just he happened to be in the room when I was describing the hummus. So later on in the party, I'm upstairs. And I hear these two women behind me talking. And... They're like, something, something, you know, the guy that made the hummus. And so I'm like, oh, they're talking about me, and they don't yeah. even know I'm here. Like, I'm thinking this is all cool. And then I turn around, and I don't recognize either. And yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you guys mentioned um, the guy that made the hummus. And they were like, yeah, you know, he's uh, got curly hair. And it's like, I made the hummus. And uh, he goes, he goes, no, no, no. He, he was like describing what was in it. Like, he know, he knew, like, he made the hummus. He, he, he could tell me all the ingredients that were in it. And I immediately knew who they were talking about, and I knew that he was there with his girlfriend. So not only was he taking credit for my hummus, he was trying to get laid cheating on his girlfriend oh my by taking God. credit for my hummus. So that's how fucking good my hummus is. I'm Damn. just saying. I'm just Damn. saying. That's a, that's a, that's a, yeah. Fuck fuck you, Sabra. So yeah, you're you're exactly <laughs> Sabra who. It's more like a Sabra story. You need to put some more roasted garlic in your shit, man. Don't give me that old drop. Like, yeah. Fuck. Well, yeah, exactly. The roasted garlic hummus is pretty fucking it's pretty fire. Big, yeah, though. yeah, it's very good. Uh, the 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 trick for me, I'll just say it. 
it's it's the it's the balance between cumin and tahini. Ooh. Yeah, you don't and and well and tamari. You got to use tamari and not soy sauce. That you don't put any salt in it. You use you use soy sauce or tamari for the salt. That's a good trick. Those are all yeah. It's because I use soy sauce in my cooking like a replacement for salt for, uh, to help with that, so you don't over salt something. Or like, you know exactly soy sauce, oyster sauce, stuff like that to help the umami flavors when you're cooking. Yeah, um, makes stuff beefier, makes oh, stuff man. taste so much better. Yeah, it gets, it's 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 more satisfying. Yeah, like that, like the hummus with the tamari in it tastes like you're eating meat. It tastes it's like it. You don't feel like oh, I need some. I need some real protein. I just yeah. no, it's totally funny. Yeah, totally enough. Um, now I'm hungry for hummus. Yeah, we were talking about fav- uh, rap lyrics. My favorite rap lyric is from an Action Bronson song, but it's featuring Mayhem Lauren, mm-hmm. his partner, his friend. Yeah, yeah. And he comes into this song, and he says, "Suicidal doors, bipolar necklaces." And that wow. line, if you really just deconstruct it, it's like that's fucking clever as fuck. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that you can like. You could take it about fifteen different directions. Yes, there's like it's got layers to it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that is so good to like come into a song. Oh, I love it. I just like. Oh, I love yeah, it. It sticks in my mind. Yeah, I um, I had to have the lyric, the the true G's move in silence like lasagna. Yeah, I had to have that pointed out to me. But like, I'm a language nerd, yeah. and so like when you like. Weave a language reference into in, into poetry. It's yeah. like it's like it's like Ouroboros. It's like self-referential, and I just love it. It's still like my favorite roast to this day. From when I did the insult attack, like a couple months ago, I was facing a guy named uh, what's his name, Tommy York Jr. Uh, he looks long-haired, kind uh-huh. of like Jesus. I said he looked like Whalen gentrification. Oh, that's solid, man. And that's my favorite. Like, oh, uh, that's Chef's kiss. Yeah, one hundred percent right. Yeah, that and is- oh. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be. That's the, that's that sweet spot, that balance of humble humility, where you've got to. I think you've got to be able to know when you've crushed it too. Like yeah. there's a humility is a great principle to be, you know, aspiring toward. Yeah. But to me, it's always a moving target. Like I never am going to get there. Yeah. Because once you know you're there, you're not there anymore. Oh man, that was so humbling doing insult attack because like I've won that, and then like last time I lost, and then like. There's something like I'm a reference comic. I, I like to write references and yeah. roasts stuff like that. So like I'm making shitload of references stuff like that. Who who do you think is the best reference comic of all time? Oh fuck, I don't know on that part of it. I don't know who would be the best reference. Um, I don't know if I can. St- I don't know because it's more like who, who just... I'm influenced by. Yeah, like like you know people like Jimmy Fallon or people like, like comedy albums that do like parodies and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Have you heard Dennis Miller's old stuff before he became a Fox News weirdo? Early stuff, a little bit, yeah. He has my favorite reference joke of all time is he's talking about Adrian's Med. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. He was it was a solid gold dancer. He was also the cousin of Danny Zuko in Grease 2. Okay. Uh, and uh, Ad- the Solid Gold was like this weird variety show in, mm-hmm. the, in the- Solid Gold. A- 80s, yeah, exactly. And uh, it had all these like really gross 80s sensibilities that still smacked a little bit of the 70s kind of sexual revolution stuff. And- uh, he says, Adrian's mad. That guy's quite a hoofer. I haven't seen choreography that stiff since the Lee Harvey Oswald prison transfer. <sighs> and oh. I was like, fuck. God that is like, damn. That is like ruthless and perfect. Yeah. I just, I like, I mean, it's like, that's a fucking mic drop. That's the original mic drop yeah. line for me. It's um, really good. Fucking, I love shit like that. Yeah, before he went Fox News, but like, one of my favorites will always be Norm. I, I, Norm Macdonald. Yeah. Just like the, 
the balls on him to like get fired from SNL because he wouldn't stop doing the, the Michael OJ. Jackson, the OJ uh, jokes, the OJ jokes, and Michael Jackson. I mean, yeah, the, the same thing. Michael Jackson, yeah. you know, because he fucks kids. Yeah, like, uh, and I always say, I, I, it's it's it's. It's it's another Ouroboros thing. It's funny because it's not funny. Yeah. I say jokes are always funnier when you explain them. Yeah. And like they're not, but they also are. Well, well, well I was getting I was like the OJ Simpson stuff was like he was threatened and like they were told stop doing these because the head of NBC was friends with OJ Simpson during that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they were told don't do them. And he would go on Weekend Update and just do them. Oh, yeah. Like, no, this is funny. This is what everybody's talking about. You can't just censor one channel because like. It's it's what's going on. Have you heard the story about him and Patton Oswalt doing when Patton Oswalt first did San a show a big big headline show huh. in San Francisco? So Norm Macdonald was headlining. Patton Oswalt was still pretty much kind of an upstart comic. Yeah, and they're driving up to San San Francisco together from L.A. And um, he's like, "Well, tell me a little bit about your bit, you know." And so he starts telling some of his jokes, and he had an AIDS joke in there. He goes, "Man, do not." Do not do an AIDS joke. Yeah. It's not going to go over well. And it's like, okay. So he's like, shit, that's like a lot of my act. And so like Patton has to like rewrite some shit and he's like all nervous. And then as soon as Norm comes out. talks about AIDS? Yeah, yeah. First thing, hey, how about that AIDS, huh? <laughs> okay, Just I like, remember this. Yeah. Oh my. It's like, that's fucking Norm MacDonald um, to a T. One of my favorite Norm things is uh, on his album, the one with the Fantastic Four and Tex Hooper and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. The Hidden Track. Uh, if you listen, I mean, he, he like even talks about it. He's like, they told me I had to have a hidden track. And I'm like, what's that? It's a song, you know, after the album's done, there's a little bit more. And, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. and he has this whole bit about Star Search. And it's this bit that, like, you know doesn't work. And he puts it as a hidden track. And it's just him doubling down on saying the word Star Search over and again. I don't know if you've heard it or not. I haven't. Um, it's a great bit. It's, yeah. it's him dissecting Star Search. And if you know what Star Search is, I mean, everybody yeah, knows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Knows. I think they're bringing it back now, even again. Now they won't um, have Ed McMahon in there. No, so no. it won't be Star Search. They'll fucking hologram him like Adam Levine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah no, it, I fucking love that. That's the thing is like he will. He he's he he's. It's like what I said about Dakota Six Killer man. Besides, who has a fucking cooler name in comedy than Dakota Six yeah. Killer? I'm sorry, that's not yeah. fair. Um, but yeah, the fucking Norm Macdonald thing of just like if there was nobody else in the room, you think you get the sense that he'd be still having is exactly as much fun. Yeah, yeah. Um. The other name that I think kind of rivals that would be Thunderwolf with a period. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, Thunderwolf is well, especially that it's Wolf. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he he's he's bold, man. Yeah. I mean, this whole like idea of like handing a set list to somebody else and then letting them pick and Well, like, that's another guy that just has the charisma where like as soon as he walks in the room or like you get the mic, you like, people are drawn to watch. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? They just have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh it the it factor. The confidence. The hot the, property. Hot pro yeah. Fuck it, we're gonna do it. Fuck it, we'll do it live. There's no place in show business for that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> do it. That's not like you're ever hanging out. Hey, honey, what do you want to do tonight? Go see a movie or something? Or maybe you know, grab a beer down at the bar or something? Hey, hey, I know. I know a good thing. Hey, why don't we go to that new joint they got down on Main Street there? That's a good club. They got uh, six year olds dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson would yeah, love I that. And uh, Hot Property is going to be there tonight. <laughs> See, he just keeps. They're good. Stupid. Yeah, that's right. Little children. Yeah. Yeah, but they're better live than on TV, I've heard. They're good. They're dancing. That's right. Little children dancing. Come on, honey. Get your coat. Let's go. We got to beat the. <laughs> the bands always name themselves bad on that show, too, man. They kind of brag in the title of their band. 
I was like, hot property. You know? <laughs> he just uses it again. Wind, it does look like a jackass. You can't, you can't brag about yourself in the name of your band. It's crazy. Humble fuck. Then it makes for these really weird intros for Ed. You know, he's like, this next band has been kicking around the Boca Raton area <laughs> for the last 16 years. Now America, say hello to... Hot property! <laughs> he just keeps using it! Now it's time for a judge's decision. Another tough decision for the judges. Our challengers. <coughs> Hot property receive... One and a quarter stars. Disappointing. Yeah. Damn, hot Our champions. Chunk of shit receive. Four stars. Chunk of shit. Another perfect score. Come on over here, chunk of shit. I love that this was his bonus track. I was like, this is the thing that didn't work. Like, this was like one of his things that was not good. But, but his, like, that's the thing is like, his delivery and it's just it's it's perfection. Yeah, and it's like the the there's no space between it doesn't work and it does work for him. No, it's like they're right next to each other. I just because Norm that. had this effortless way of just being like it doesn't matter if he had the microphone or he was going to be in that stage or he's going to be in your like you're on the couch. Right, right. You were going to have that same Norm question come out or just that same like just him rambling for a bit. Well, you've he seen would do him that on, anywhere. Like, cars and coffee. Yeah, like he's that guy. I my favorite clip is on Conan back in the day when it had Courtney Thorne Smith. Right? Did you ever see that? I don't um, think I know. I don't um, know that. I she don't. she's a blonde. She was in um, Melrose Place, and okay. she was also on a couple of other shows. Like uh, according to Jim, you remember that Jim Belushi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the wife on that. Okay, got it. She's promoting this movie with Carrot Top on Conan, and Norm was the first guest. And usually, you know, on like talk shows, like the guests would scoot over on the couch, and they're supposed to be silent. Yeah, yeah. Norm won't shut the fuck up and keeps interrupting this thing and even like starts making fun of the movie she's in with Carrot Top. And it's fucking gold. We'll, we'll bond over Norm and we'll end there. I know. She was also on the Aviator show. Oh, really? The, the pilot show that had... Um, yeah, two actors. Norm, Norm, oh. Norm, you're sick and you're all over her like a bare rug. Just sleep alone. No, no, you know, because before, <laughs> during the commercial, I was saying I had a huge crush on her. Yeah. And then you said you did too. <laughs> I said I did. When you were on Day by Day, I had I developed this big crush on you. And this whole talk show is a scheme but to liked, get you here. I liked her when she was on the, the Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder. Not the Tomorrow Show, but the Later Later Show. He says to me in the you break, have no oh, idea who I am. Yeah, no, I know from that show. That's all. He says to me, oh, I really like her. I saw her. I'm really, I really think she's great. I really have a crush on her. And I said, Where, you know, you, oh, you saw her in Melrose Place? He said, no, I was watching Tom Snyder, and she was on, and she was a great guest. And I said, wait a minute. That's the show that's opposite our show. Why aren't you watching our show, pal? Because I wasn't on it that night. <laughs> He's just taking over her interview. Hey, just this is going to, this is, we have exciting stuff to talk about. You've he been can't on shut up. Place. No, I was but like they had her on this. This was supposed to be like her big movie, like her first movie after leaving Melrose Place was with Carrot Top. Was with Carrot Top, and this is her promoting that movie. And Norm, I can't do any more. I'm just waiting for it. I can't remember all exactly what happened, but I know it's bad. Can you give us a tip for all those fans out there? What's gonna happen? Tell you. Okay. 
Good night, everybody. We had a good time. No, I mean, but what? Give us some sense. It's kind of weird seeing how informal this is too. Yes, compared to like now, like how pre-produced. Oh yeah, her agent would have been out there saying, "You can talk about this. You can talk about this. You can't talk about this." Yep. All right. You're the biggest ass I ever met. <laughs> that soundproofing on the back wall, like just a look. It's weird. On the actual street called Melrose Place. There's an actual street. There's a Melrose. Is there really a Melrose There's really Place? A Melrose there is a Melrose Place. Place. Okay. You All know right. this, right? Yes, it's true. So they open a restaurant called Melrose Place on it. Uh -huh. And then it's right beside my house. And every time I go out, there's all these like tourists and these tourists like they're always fat and they're taking pictures standing in front of this restaurant uh-huh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well thanks for the help pal you uh, you could always no, say no, after no, anything no. he interjects uh, nobody cares well, norm yeah. but now, i care because he said it shut up <laughs> Now you're feeding him like it's like oh he sees a laugh. Now you can't stop it. Well, I want to talk to you about something because this came up earlier in the show. You can see him thinking. I didn't know what Norm was going to talk about tonight, and it's best sometimes if I don't know. But he mentioned Carrot Top. You are making a movie with Carrot Top, right? I made a movie with Carrot Top. Okay. You made a movie with Carrot Top. It's it's not out yet. No, it's not. Can you not put out the picture yet. up of Carrot Top again just so we can all see him? Oh, there it is again. Yeah. All right. Okay. What a career. The smattering of applause. to do a movie with Carrot Top? That's where I'm going, my friend. This begs the question now. Now, uh, why a movie with Carrot Top? Why a movie with Carrot Top? I mean, no, I don't know much about Carrot Top, you know? I I, I don't know much about him. I'm a little jealous. Carrot Top came up, got popular, and the comedians just shat on him. You do a movie yeah, with man, he first, was the Nickelback of comics, yeah. man. Then to Ralph Mal from Happy Days. <laughs> like, even Conan, Conan probably knows who Carrot Top is. He's just playing it down right there. Yeah, yeah. In which you do movies with the redheads. What uh, What's he like, first of all? He's extraordinarily sweet. Nice guy. He really is. And mm -hmm. he worked very hard and he was adorable. And he worked with a lot of props and stuff too, right? Not in the movie. Oh, in the movie they took his props away? <laughs> they took his props away. That's a bad time to suddenly take away everything you know about comedy. <laughs> you know, you've been using props now all your life for comedy. Now we're going to take them away when you make your first movie. Was he okay though with it? He was cool. He was great. He did a wonderful job. Do you have a scene where you and, and you, you and him embrace? Yeah, lots of making out. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> Nothing but making out. All right. It's like nine and a half weeks. This is so uncomfortable. You can tell she's not getting what she wants out of this. Do you hear what she said? She's like nine and a half weeks with Carrot Top. She's fucking with him. Yeah. Is it called nine and a half seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> he explains it. That's his fucking gift, man. Uh. And I'm looking at him because I know there's more. And I wait and wait and I see the glimmer in the eye and then bang. I thought you were going to, but no. But uh, what's the movie going to be called? Really? Well, I know what it's going to be called. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> If it's got Carrot Top in it, you know what a good name for it would be? What's that, Norm? Box Office Poison. <laughs> 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 
Oh first my Smith God! To your left is in the movie. I'm gonna go see it for twenty. <laughs> you scare everybody else away. No, I love this girl. Plan? I would see any movie with this girl in. She's a beautiful lady and, <laughs> and a talented, nice talk show guest. Okay. Look at him having such a good time. Well, there's this two-hour season finale oh, of Melrose good. Place. There's this movie coming out. Yes. Title undetermined at this point. Chairman of the board. Oh. All right. Do something with that, you freak. Wait for it. <laughs> I, I bet the board is spelled B-O-R-E-D. <laughs> Such good improv. So good. He's like the Beatles of comedy. <laughs> He's just, there's just good jokes floating around in the ether, and he just like goes, blink. Yeah. I'm going to take that one. Uh, God, he's like that, that, I love that. Because like she's on there to per launch her new that, movie career. They just fucking basically destroy it. I, I, I'm gonna, I, need to, I need to take some time off work so I can just go down a Norm MacDonald yeah. rabbit hole. I still haven't watched this final thing on Netflix. I can't watch it. Oh, I started uh, yeah. it, and I couldn't watch it. I know, man. Like, it, it was too rough. Like, I'm such a Norm fan. Like It made me tear up just even watching the trailer. I almost miss him. I, I'll say it. I miss him more than I miss Robin Williams. Ooh. Yeah. Know? I mean, here's why. I got enough of Robin Williams. I mean, that's a horrible thing to say, but like his body of work is so rich. Yeah. That I, that like, But like Norm, you just feel like... And I also think he's kind of like unappreciated. Yeah. Like he's, he's a comics comic for yeah. sure. But, like, he's just, yeah. I always say, like, so my favorite comic of all time is David Tell. That's just my... Did my, you my, go see him when he was here? No. Um, I'm sorry to rub it in. I did. No, no, no. He was fucking brilliant. Um, is it, his improv skills yeah. are that level. Um, David so, Tell's improv, his whole bit. Yeah. Like, he, he, I think he thrives on putting himself in positions where he's got to think on his feet. Yeah. Um, I fucking love that. Skanks for the Memories, his album is still I regard as my one of my all-time, or if it's pro, it's my favorite comedy album. Really? Um, it, I listen to that backwards and forwards like you know for the, the phrasing but like that album still holds up it's amazing it is fucking brilliant uh, i don't know if you've ever heard it or listened to it um it's it's basically his main album yeah um, I, I i would not have gone to see david tell if my friend blake hadn't talked me into it really and you know who turned me on to norm norm mcdonald's genius was my friend blake oh really yeah former city councilman in tulsa restaurateur great guy currently the mayor of tulsa's chief of staff nice yeah great dude and turned me on to how he like really got me to see the genius of Norm Macdonald because the writing and the, the 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 intelligence you can see it. It's just it it it's so good. He's so fucking good, and it's and it's understated. Yeah. What um, what uh is the best uh, is it Murphy's or is it Frank and Lola's? If I'm gonna do doing a Bartlesville. Oh oh. Depends on what you. Get. So Murphy's signature thing. The gravy is the well. It's the hot cheeseburger. Okay. A hot hamburger. Yeah. I, I get a cheeseburger. Yeah. But do you know what that is? A hot cheeseburger? Um, so they Murphy's, cover it with gravy, right? Yeah. So it's an open-faced burger. Yeah. Then they put fries on it, and then they cover that with their signature gravy. Yeah. And it's called, they call it a hot hamburger. I could only do that if I went with somebody because I can't finish that thing. There's okay. No way. It's, and, and it doesn't seem like it would be reheat really well. No. Um, no. Um, especially the fries get all soggy and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. Frank and Lola's has a lot more different stuff. Okay. Um, and then Chinese wise, there's a place called Szechuan that's really good. It's famous in Bartlesville. Oh, nice. Um, they have the best sesame chicken you'll ever have in your fucking life. Like that's their signature thing. 
It's like wow. their signature recipe. They don't tell anybody else. Somebody was talking about Chinese food yesterday, and I got a real craving for it. So that might be it. It's uh, over there by you'll see the. Uh, it's by Chick Fil A. Szechuan. I won't forget yeah. it. Uh, it's a little place. Um, uh, husband and wife own it, and they've been there for like twenty years, something like that. I've had it since like, like a kid. Like that's my thing. Is like every time I was sick, my mom will get me egg drop soup from there. So that's like my my thing. Instead of chicken noodle soup or something like when you're sick. I have this craving for Chinese egg drop soup because of Szechuan. Because every time I was sick, my mom would go on the way home from work and just pick that up. Because egg drop soup's cheap. You know, you can buy a big quarter of egg drop soup from fucking a Chinese place for like two bucks. Yeah, but if you're wanting uh, Chinese, I would go Szechuan. Szechuan's All a good right. place. Shout out Szechuan, real local place. It's a great place. Shout out Szechuan. I haven't eaten your food yet, but I'm about to. Yeah, it's a great place. I keep looking at the TV like it's... Let's <laughs> <yeah. it's> go. Cool. <laughs> well, man, um, you want to go ahead and wrap it up? Let's we, do it, yeah. Um, Thank you so much for being on. It's been an awesome experience. I had a great time, man. So, so fun to get to know you. I knew yeah, it was going to be fun, but I really, really enjoyed myself. Where can everybody find the great Jeff Thompson? Uh, let's see. My, I mean, my open mics uh, I'm doing uh, at Starlight when I can stay up that late. Uh, it's a great mic, but I just, I'm such a, a early sleeper. Uh, and then I'll be performing at Go uh, Comedy's uh, Jack of All Haunts nice. show on the 13th of October. Nice. So um, that's the most that's the most upcoming show I've got booked. And then the following night at my own show, I'll be performing as host with Brett Jeffries, um, Jacob Hatfield, and Lacey Rains. That'll be the sober sober October at Noise Town on October fourteenth. Thank you for coming on, man. This has been great. I had a blast. And thank yeah. you for the gifts. Of course, absolutely. Yeah, I want to live on in infamy, and I know that whenever I see your Miss Agent Orange, I'll be like, that's me. Yeah, man. All right. Well, dude, thank you so much, guys. This has been Unloading Meat. I am Jared Ralphie Allen. That's Jeff Thompson. I'm Jeff Thompson. Guys, peace. Peace.